pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss fantasy super rugby, the game they play online in heaven. You can find our website at draftrugby.com and get after us on the socials at draftrugby and uh, join the legions of followers uh, and support us on Patreon. <laughs> legions? Legions, yeah, no, that's fair. Okay, excellent. Um, legends? Sorry, legends. Legends, <laughs> legions yeah. of no, no, legends. No, no. Legend. Okay, we're being specific. Um, well, there you had it. Uh, I'm joined again by both Harry and Nelson. Gents, how are we doing today? Very excited to have you down in the Shire, Craigs. Yeah, mate. Uh, how was your drive down? Too long, too far, and never again. <laughs> and came, hit I, by came, a I came down here, there was like a cyclone hailstorm almost, you know. Yeah, it was. I was saying that my car's parked in an underground garage 90% of the time, and the one time I take it out, I'm probably going to get the, the, the window smashed in from your hailstorm. All right, princess. Man, I'm doing well too. I'm keen for this. No one cared. Um, all right, so in tonight's, <laughs> <laughs> in tonight's pod, um, for entree, we're going to make our predictions on who will be the top fantasy players from the Australian Super Rugby Conference 2020. For main course, we will be joined by special guest Wallabies legend Morgan Turanui to preview the Australian Super Rugby teams. And for dessert, we will make our tips for the Aussie Conference. Um, we'll get Morgs to give his as well. Um, and we'll rank where we think the teams will finish from first to fifth in the Aussie Conference. Nice. Very good. Let's do it. Without further ado, let's get into the entree. Predictions for the top three fantasy players of the Aussie Conference. Unique, as always. Unique New York. Um, and so I, th- I guess we random- randomised the order on this one again and Nelson uh, Nelson came up top. Yeah, so look, I'm pretty excited. I think there's going to be a few names in and out that are, that are very talented. But, I mean, you've got to take into consideration who's going to play bulk minutes. And I think that's going to be really important. Uh, for number one, someone I'm just genuinely so excited is Jordan Patel. He is an absolute beast. He showed what he could do at the start of last season. Um, he had a really good one and a half games for me before he did his ACL. So. Yeah, look, I think he'll go early in, in most drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for him. The next one... Centre or wing? He's going to be playing outside centre. So he's listed as a centre for us? He is. Good. Um, and that's, that's I think that makes him play. even better, doesn't it? It makes him more valuable, even higher yes. Value, yeah. um, replacing Karevi, basically. Um, is he going to replace Karevi? Is he going to top, top the whole thing? I hope so. <laughs> Pretty cool. Um, if he's in my team, I hope so. I don't think so. But. No. Um, and then I've got Falau Fainga. For me, I mean, he was the top last year that's remaining, so Falau's gone. Uh, Falau Fainga was, I mean, not Falau's gone. He, he is gone. Yeah. <laughs> and Karevi. Uh, so Falau Fainga, I think he's, he's definitely going to be up there. Big he himself. scores points yeah. from just work rate, scrums off off the back of driving moors. And tries. Yeah, lots of back of driving moors. I'm pretty yeah. sure they scored a couple of rolling mall tries in their last trial as well, so they're not going away from that. Yeah, I mean, they, they did it all through the NIC as well. I don't think it's going to change the when, system when, for when them. It works. Yeah. Um, and then this one you guys don't necessarily think, but I, I think he's going to be right up there. Tate McDermott. He had a high scoring rate. Um, Early on in the season, he sort of shared a bit more minutes. Throughout the back end of the year, he got more and more minutes. And I think that's, for me, that's why he is electric, he is dangerous. The more minutes this guy gets on the paddock, I think he's going to be awesome. And you've called him the Australian <coughs> Damien McKenzie, so obviously he Tate should be scoring. I did not call him that. He no. didn't know, actually. Was it, was very, it was very late last <coughs> night. We're coming up to him, but, um, you know, spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Um, no, I think you're right. I think Tate's clearly <coughs> the first choice this year and is an incredibly exciting player. The, so. I mean, Sorovi behind him is awesome. 
He is really good, and they've yeah. got another young guy, good there, so, a good guy there. So it's, it's tough, but I think he'll get bulk minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Well, the already alluded to now, as per usual, my picks are second, and I'll pick the guys who Nelson should have picked, the guys who will top the Australian conference. I've seen so. this. <laughs> okay, I'm not as confident today as I was the other day. Um, but no, the guy we were just talking about, Isaac Lucas. So, Zachy Lucas, absolute star. This guy, Nelson, has claimed to be the Australian Damien McKenzie. I'm not sure if I would go so we, far. We had this but... discussion, and it's because of his agility. He's a 10 slash 15 that I think should be playing 15. His shape, there's a lot about his game style that is D-Mac-esque. Excellent. He's been adding asterisks ever since he said it. He's just been backpedaling slowly. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, I think he is. Okay. Right. You think Tyron Green is as good as D-Mac? No, South no, African D-Mac? South, South African D-Mac. He he's is. as good he's as He's in the exact same mould. He plays the same position. So he'll be number one or two draft pick this year. No, I said he's the South, Af- South African D-Mac. That's what we talked about. Yeah, so he should be one or two. Let's keep moving on, shall on we? Yeah, good. Thank <clears> you. Um, all right, uh, next player picks himself. Nelson mentioned it earlier. Bulk minutes is what you're looking for. Tommy Banks. Yeah, but he's he average, <clears throat> I think Money he, uh, in mate, the banks. I'd be surprised if he's top nine of well, the Aussies. Well, I, we have made a bet on this. Uh, we've made a wager. So he had we'll... 0.44 points per minute, mate. That is very average. Nelson and I have had a few disagreements tonight, and we've made a few wagers that we'll have to revisit at the end of the season. <laughs> but um, Well, look, I picked Tommy Banks because he, he'll be playing every minute of every game. Like he did last year. And um, still did average. And look, he's he's the one who does the the running of the ball <clears> in that Brumbies team. Look, they're not huge on fantasy points that back line, but uh, I just think he'll be there. You don't think the whole time? You don't think people like Solomon Kata, who's just going to bulk run and, and take the ball up? <laughs> the bloke that's not even in the team. Is he yet. playing? Or uh, <laughs> no, I mean, what, is he trying to break into the team? Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, when no, he no, gets... he's going to take Banks' points from the bench. <laughs> yeah. No, mate, when he comes on, he's going to be bench. using battering ram. That's what he is. Excellent. Banks is going to see less ball. Again, spoiler alert. Unlike we'll, Karindrani. We'll, we'll get on to... Yeah, <coughs> sorry about TK. Choo-choo. Um, he, but he's been there. There's nothing changed. Uh, well, anyway, we'll certainly get on to talking about Solomone Carte, <laughs> Carter later. No, no. Um, and my last pick, you know me, I'm the, the optimist of the pod. I like to, um, uh, you know, pick, pick players that I want to see do well. And so I have picked... Who is it? It's a bold, big pick. Is it? None other than Mark... <laughs> His last name starts with N. What is it? No, go well, on, you practice this. <laughs> just leave you. It's... N- <laughs> I can't say no it. No one going to need to No one going to need to say There we Come go. Come on, mate. Oh, I was... Just we I know. I was just... Your eyes were watering up. Both of you was amazing. Um, no, look, uh, basically... It's, it's, name, it's the biggest smoky goal of, uh, <laughs> of, well, all of these predictions of every conference. But, yeah. Um, look, yeah. If, nothing if, like picking if, an uncapped 19-year-old <laughs> yeah. player as the top Australian scorer. Well, well, look, I did it... I was almost ready to do it last year with Eteno Nanaisatura, wasn't I? So, Look, I think for him, if he gets huge minutes he could be up there but it, I mean whether that happens at the start of the year or he works his way in he throws offloads he runs hard he beats defenders he has a very good game for fantasy mm. I'd just be nervous that he's going to get bulk minutes every week throughout the entire year to get him to that point it's very true look to be fair I get overly excited and I was <clears> at the trial game last Friday because I'm a good fan unlike you two and um, he was just incredibly exciting we're so. good family members Kevin's birthday I, I think uh, priorities mate um, now I think uh, look out of those Warrior, that Waratahs back line if he does play He's getting points, so... He's gone. Anyway, we'll leave it at that. That takes us to Harry. Round us out, mate. Who are your three next unique 
fantasy players in the top of the Aussie conference? Yeah, well, I've decided to go with facts to actually pick mine. <laughs> oh. oh, numbers, reason, <laughs> so logic. Okay. My first is Issy Nasirani, 41.7 point average. He only played 13 games last year and still scored 542 points, which has him right <laughs> up the top of the back row list. I think Luke Jacobson was the only one anywhere near him, uh, and he's obviously under a bit of a concussion cloud. So that's a, a, that's a pretty easy gimme, I think. Then I've gone for... Two centres, and I'm not going to lie, I think Aussie centres, if you don't have Samu Karevi, make me a little bit more nervous, but I've gone for Kurtley Beal, who was the fifth-ranked centre last year. He had a 40 average as well. It's probably the only threat to my uh, mark taking my points home for me, so KB. He's the only threat. And uh, Tavita Kurachuchu. Uh, I've gone for as well. A little bit lower on the averages. I think he's a uh, 32.6, but he's got 555 points because he just plays every single game. So, you know, he only needs a little bit of an upturn in his points, and he could be right up there as well. And he should get more points just for doing the choo-choo celebration, in my opinion. But uh, oh, I completely agree. He's, he's got a similar scoring uh, points per minute to Tom Banks, but yeah. he, it's choo-choo. I'd prefer him in my team. There's nothing better than watching him go. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, that's. Uh, that's our entree. Um, so let's move on, on to our main course and let's see if we can get Morgs on the line. Excellent. You're on with uh, Kagi, Harry and Nelson uh, tonight. And uh, we're so stoked uh, that you were able to call in. Uh, thanks for being patient with me. It's uh, been chaos. Actually, this is a good week. Actually get some stuff done. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Well, look, out, out of uh, by, by quick introductions, uh, I was going to say, I'm sure we don't need to introduce you because if anyone's listening to this podcast, they already know who Wallaby's legend Morgan Turanui is. But, um, but don't, look, don't throw the legend word around too loosely, mate. No. Oh, mate, we don't. I, I do appreciate it, though. Thank you. <laughs> but look, uh, no, nowadays Morgs is into everything. He's the uh, the head coach of his beloved Randwick Shoot Shield Club. Uh, he's the, the Jackie Moon. We've donned him the Jackie Moon of the Classic Wallabies, <laughs> a.k.a. general manager and star player. <laughs> um, and uh, you can also find him on Fox Sports commentating and, and just on all sorts of Australian rugby tours and into everything really but um you can find morgs on social media not that he uh not that he loves social media that much but you can find him on it uh, at morgan turanui uh, on twitter so um yeah look thanks for joining us we're just going to go through the uh, aussie conference teams a bit of a preview for super rugby where we're so super excited this year it's a, a lot of changes so um a lot, I, lot of I new think players. there's uh, one thing we left out rugby ruckus mate that podcast oh, is great how did i forget at rugby ruckus that's it um ha- have you enjoying that podcast yeah, well, I, th- I thought you did that deliberately. Actually, I thought there might have been a little bit of bit of tension across the the podcast universe. There, I wasn't sure what was happening there, but sure. uh, no, you make me sound like Eddie Maguire. Actually, <laughs> just hate a lot it's, less. That's yeah, <laughs> mate. That's your resume. So there you go. You are the Eddie yeah. Maguire of rugby. Well, <laughs> I, think I, I think I prefer the semi-pro reference than, uh, <laughs> yeah. than the Eddie. But anyway. Possibly it was a test, you know, Benny wanted to see if we didn't mention it, whether you'd plug it yourself. Uh, yeah, you know. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually no. get wrapped over the knuckles all the time for that sort of stuff. I'm, <laughs> a bit like, yeah. like on Twitter, I'll go silent for a while, then I'll just go rapid fire and just start engaging with idiots all around the world, which is great fun. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, look, how about how about we rip straight into it? Um, uh, why don't we get, get into the Brumbies? So um, I, I, that's just uh, the team I think we'll start with because there's a lot of questions about the Brumbies this year. Um yeah, the way we, we normally do this, we sort of go through a few of the new faces, a few of the losses, and then um, roll from there. So some of the big new faces that we're excited to see is Noah Lalesio. He, he was there. He's been there for a couple of years, but it's going to be interesting to see how he goes this year. And uh, Solomon Akata, um, as, a, as a guy coming across from league, who he's got a bit of hype about him, but might have to work his way in. Uh, have, you, have you seen much of Kata? <laughs> 
Well, I watch these league stuff, obviously, and the great thing about people that go through the Melbourne Storm system, you just know they're going to be not, sometimes quite loose human beings because they're still leaguies, but you know, yeah. good, good hard workers, uh, learnt their trade really well, normally really resilient, just really good professional footballers. Uh, yeah. So, you know, if we can get the rugby specifics back into his DNA, well, that's that's a different question. But you know you're going to get a quality athlete in good nick with a great attitude normally out of there. So uh, that's always a big tick for me, the environment that they come out of. Now, a lot of people go, oh, look, especially with the leagueies, once they leave Melbourne, they get on a plane to Sydney, it's not the same player that gets off the plane just because mm-hmm. the, the environment there is so good it makes it continues to make players look better than they are. But you, the flip side of that is you know you're going to get some sort of quality human being getting off the plane as well. So that's a really interesting one for me. Lalesio, I would have thought he probably has the inside running of the young 10s, uh, an exciting prospect of a young 10s all over, Super Rugby in the Australian Conference, but he's another one to watch definitely, as you mentioned. Yeah, for sure. I think one thing for, for me, Carter, I don't know how you see him. Um, he seems like a Lamape style runner as a center. So if he gets that run on that number 12 jersey at some point, whether they do want to team him up with Kurandrani and, and have those two sort of barging runners or, or not. Imagine, I think, imagine trying to defend that. God. It would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's, well, that's going to attract a lot of attention from defenders, that's for sure. They're, they're the kind of midfields you're happy you're retired when you have those sorts of ones. <laughs> you know, you, you know, I, I copped the Nonu and Umang, and I think that would be even worse, <laughs> these, those sorts of ones. But, well, that's the yeah. thing. The interesting thing is how, how will they use him? Um, how yeah. will Peter Hewitt come up with ways of, of using those abrasive midfielders to still create space and opportunity for others? You know, the Wallab- we saw the Wallabies as a really good snapshot struggle with that early in the test season last year, and, and the Brumbies will have a similar, conun- similar conundrum. Yeah, he's, he's got a bit of competition there with um, R.A. Simone, who was there last year. And, I mean, he's a good sort of runner as well. He's got a few skills. He, he sort of improved his kicking in, in playing things last year as well. So um, would your guess be we see Simone starting that season at 12? Or, or how do you think that's going to shape up? That's a logical one. And the guy like Carter coming off the bench, you know, ease him into Super Rugby. What an amazing impact player he could be if he sort of wore the 22 jersey last 20 minutes. And, and, and you know, that Sonny Bill role almost at test level, which was that role that became his. He was actually probably better off off the bench being an impact player than, than yep. starting. And, um, that's a really good way to learn the game. I started the first few games off the bench, and it was actually good. You just come on, get as many touches as you could get, get really excited and just go hard for 20 minutes. And that, that might be a way for him to, to, to ease into his Super Rugby career and a great way for him to have an influence too on the, on the, on the squad at the back end there. Yep, for sure. Um, a couple of the guys I've lost, Christian Lila Lafano and Faranui Hawera. Um, we already touched on Noah Lalesio, but the competition with Quenzel and Pasatara as well. Have you seen much of these guys and, and how do you think that'll unfold in terms of them getting game time and who do you think will come out ahead? Yeah, I actually like the look of Quinzel. I haven't seen Pasatano much at all, truthfully. Uh, but the thing, the shame, I think, is is right across the board, the Tars have got a similar issue, is that would have been nice to see them have a little bit more of a gradual entrance into Super Rugby, and that's obviously the nature of our contracting cycle, the great shadow that World Cups cast <laughs> over over yep. the way those things happen. So, we, you know, you look at the Tars have lost theirs, the, Red, the Reds, mm-hmm. funnily enough, are the most settled team in the whole conference, really. <laughs> uh, Rebels lose Quaid, Christian goes, and Hawera goes at the same time. It's in, in terms of the way you're trying to succession plan your list, that's really a big failing 
an understandable failing, but a big failing from sort of Rebels, Brumbies, uh, and Tars. That you know they've got lots of top end and the, those middle tier players, and that that shows the drag of Japan, France, England. But we're losing the 23 to 27 year old yeah. players that should now be stepping through into taking the mantle off those guys as they transition out. So we've got really experience heavy and youth heavy squads, which and this I think this year more than any has shown. Um, one that we we underestimated what Europe and what overseas would do, uh, and two that we just haven't transitioned through our squads well enough, which is always about money and opportunity and things like that. But I think think GMs have probably got to do a better job there, so that you know is, is if Will Harrison and say Lelicio and um, say Deegan even Deegan's an inexperienced ten. Yes, he's had time over in the force. We're all expecting Tamua to to start, but just say it's. Deegan, like that's a that's a lot of inexperienced tens playing Super Rugby, yeah. Um, and these under twenties players that get these excellent reputations, but they're playing against players their own age. Some of their first forays into playing against open age other players is Super Rugby, yeah. And, and yes, this is a larger question, but I'm just trying to to, to, to hammer home the point that we just need yeah. to be patient with the Lalesios and players like that. That if we're going to give them a crap at Super Rugby, let's give them four weeks. Let's not give yep. them a week. Oh, he didn't go so well. You know, the Mac Mason example is the way not to do it. Uh, <laughs> let's, ease, let's, let's ease them in and be understanding that they've probably got, if all goes well, they've got sort of three to five, six weeks of good, consistent play before physically they'll start to drop off. They'll start to fall off a cliff yep. there because it's hard to keep it up. Or, but also coming in for one and out for one is no good for them either. So you, it takes a... Also a brave and a smart coach to go, right, oh, well, let's say, Lelicia, you're going to be the 10 for the next month. We'll give yeah, you four I, weeks, and if it goes well, well, we're probably going to give you a rest anyway because you'll need it. And if it doesn't go well in the first weeks, well, I've got to back my judgment that I picked you as well. It's a really good point, but I don't think we've actually seen any coaches really do much of that. In Australia. Uh, the, only, the only person I can really think of from last year was Quinton Strange over in the Crusaders who got that block at the start of the season and then they arrested him as a young lock. But I don't really think – I can't think of any Aussies that have done that. Yeah. Well, you look, the other thing is as a coach, you know, we all know you're either about to get fired, should be fired, <laughs> just be fired. So it, 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 it takes a brave, experienced yeah. coach. And you need, to, you need to win a few cheapies along the way to give you that – that freedom as well. So you look at Rob Penny, he's probably got a, as close to a free pass as you can get this year yeah. in his first year. Whereas Dave Vessels, if he loses four in a row to start with, he could be gone before the season's over. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that, it's obviously where you sit in your, in your placement at the club. So the Tars, they'll have that freedom this year just to, just to pick and stick with younger guys if they want. And the great thing is obviously that with, with the trial form, the, even the internal trial, some of the younger guys, uh, are going pretty well. So that gives them a little bit of confidence and, and some work behind them to, to jump in and play. Um, but the fact that Penny's sort of got his free year this year frees up him his ability to play some of those younger guys and pick and stick. Yeah, perfect. Um, all right, well, going through a few more of the losses, I guess, we'll move on to the forwards. Um, I mean, some fairly fairly handy names there in David Pocock, obviously, and uh, and Rory Arnold. So those are some pretty um, pretty, pretty big shoes to fill. But um, I guess one of the, the interesting questions in the forwards for the Brumbies are how is that – who's going to slot in those back row jerseys? So, I mean, they brought in uh, Will Miller from the Waratahs to, um, you know, and they said exactly, we want you to play the David Pocock role. Pocock, yeah. uh, we want to use your skills and we want to nurture that. Um, but I guess, look, could be it could be a bit harsh on Tom Cusack, who's been um, been giving it his all and performing pretty well. So 
I guess do we see do we see Will Miller straight in there? He's the starting seven for the Brumbies this season. Um, or do you think we'll see a lot of, I guess, sharing time? I mean, the Brumbies back row last year, uh, they have split a lot of time. They've got a lot, lot. a lot of, you know, very talented back rowers in Pete Samu, uh, McCaffrey, Valtini, uh, Jerome Brown, even across from New Zealand. Um, how do, yeah, I guess, how do you see that, uh, the back row unfolding? Yeah, well, there's obviously high attrition in the back row because of the, you know, the dark places they put their bodies uh, at breakdown time. So well, I, I just like the look of the way they've constructed that back row depth. Um, you know, Will Miller, like for like with Pocock, obviously at different levels. He's Look, he's an excellent player. He's probably one of the most underrated players. There is excellent leader, uh, great for your larger squad Um you know, dynamics, and just an out-and-out excellent seven. So he'll put a lot of pressure on. I would have thought Cusack, who has delivered continuously, really, for for the coaching staff at the Brumbies, he might get first crack. So, But, okay. but the other great thing there is Valentino, I just think he's a superstar. Yeah. I think if he stays injury-free, he could be absolutely anything. So I like the look of that. Obviously, the, the big issue there is in the locking department with both Arnold and Carter gone. And Carter... You know, while he you know, wasn't always a, straight into the Wallabies, he was a really important Super Rugby bread and butter player. They're the kinds of players that, that make a difference at Super Rugby. Your, your Wallabies are your Wallabies, and those sorts of guys that are, are fringe players or have had international experience but a good week-in, week-out performance for your club, for your Super Rugby club, um, they're important. So how they replace that dynamic in, in the locking positions is important too. Yeah, I think that's another spot that's going to be a little bit interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, they've got Darcy Swain, who is 22. He's, he's quite a good, talented player coming through. They've got Nick Frost, who's come back across last year from the Crusaders. Um, they've even got Caden Neville back, who, uh, well, I mean, they didn't have him before. He was at the Rebels, but he's come back across. Uh, he's a bit more experienced. Um, and they've got Blake and Ever who for us, I mean, he's not a bad player, but he'd never make our fantasy footy team. So, um, <laughs> we're, we're harsh on that. Sometimes, sometimes he might, they might wear that as a badge of honour. They do the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe, you know. um, yeah, so do you think we're going to see two younger guys fill that, like Swain and Frost? Or do you think you're going to have to have someone like Ennever filling out one of those roles? <laughs> someone going to have to have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's oh, I think definitely in terms of balance, you'll need you, well, who's going to call the line out? So there's yeah. a starting point. Um, who's going to lock in the on the tight head side? Those are really important elements to your selection. Yeah. Um, Darcy Swain, yeah, great. You know, you know, good development in other systems, young gun, all those sorts of things. But geez, you'd love to be pairing him with a Rory Arnold or a Sam Carter, which I don't yeah. have. So the Neville, the Neville is a, is a, is an attempt at a, a certain amount of experience, but he's you know a tear down from those previous names we mentioned. And Enova, you might build your your second row around him. So that's a, there's a big yep. challenge there. I would have thought Blake, if he's been schooled up in terms of calling, he might take the calling. Yeah, on. he was not. Yeah. I think he was the captain for the Vikings as well, the NRC, was he? And at the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that, you know, it's a big year for him. That's a huge responsibility. You know, there's a lot of off-field work there as well. So instead of turning up to your your forwards units meetings and just listening to what some of your senior players, some, you're, you're the one dealing with your forwards coach, looking at footage, looking at opposition lineouts, looking at how we're going to run your defensive line. So there's a lot of time put in off the field as well. So And, and that's apart from if you're a young uh, second row, you're in the gym trying to push heaps of big tin and you're out on the field trying to bash blokes. And there's a bit of a, 
a different nuanced approach to preparation as well. So those little things will be important for the Brumbies. Look, and they're and what they are is just a great environment in in preparing players for those roles. So they're probably the best place of anyone to to produce some quality there. Yeah, great. Um, no, I think that that that's all the info we need on the locks. I'd say. I guess um, look, we touched on the back rows, and I think we're going to see a lot more of um, yeah of chop and changing. But um, a man who's always been a bit of a mystery to us was, was Pete Samu. Look, he's an absolutely brilliant footballer, but um, we've never been able to work out really is he a six, seven, or an eight? You know, like I mean, obviously he could he could probably play all three, but um, he kind of uh, I guess they've been using him more so in a in a six six role, a traditional six role, but... Um, I feel like his versati- versatility has hurt his ability yeah, to, to own a spot in the Wallabies, to be definitely. honest. Mm. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, but I think we're seeing that more and more, that we've got these sort of, these young, um, uh, abrasive running, skillful, hard at the ball flankers come through, and they can do a bit of everything. We don't have the classic six body type, we don't have a classic eight body type and we're seeing that all the way up to wallaby level and i think pete sam is a really good example of of modern rugby players coming through. they can do a bit of everything but they're not specializing and, and i think yeah. that that lack of specificity in what they're able to do in the back row is hurt is hurt our selection balance all the way through lots of our teams and pete excellent with the ball good offloading game can run can challenge at the ball but what's his point of difference david yeah. pocock was the best player in the world when the t- when his team didn't have the ball you know, that yeah. was his point of difference. Uh, Lions, Kefu, they were the abrasive second-phase ball runners, really specific yeah. roles. Um, and, and that's the challenge in terms of the selection on the back row is finding that balance. So Pete Sarman will always be uh, at the mercy of, of who the other two flankers or two back row members will be considered at the selection table. And sometimes he pays the price for really for balance. Uh, and that may be the yeah. case again at the Brumbies. And, and we're seeing that more and more, you see. Not not tall enough to be a six, probably not abrasive enough to be an eight, and not hard enough at the ball to be a seven. But gee, what an amazing, like a brilliant number nineteen, twenty in your back row sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So last question on the Brumbies. Uh, Henry Spates obviously gone, and he owned one of the wing spots for them. We've got Tony Pulu and Tom Banks pretty much locked in for their jerseys. Who do you think is going to take that that last wing spot? Well. I haven't got the answer for you because I was looking through it myself trying to prepare for this, and that's they're the two that jump out. But that's probably the only true hole because I'll I tell you the other thing. As just quickly going through the backs, I think Isaac Fines could be one of the great signings of the season too because I was actually – he was the guy I was most impressed by at the force. Yeah, right. He was excellent. And then the midfield we've talked about – um, 10 they'll work out with the youth but Pulu, Pulu he, he could have easily been in a gold jersey last year yeah mm, yeah absolutely uh, we uh the, the one that we had down I, we keep hearing whispers that Tom Wright although he's probably yeah. preferred position is a 12 that maybe he'll pop up there uh yeah well I've, I've been down to any training that's for sure you can't pay me to go to Canberra let alone go and watch <laughs> trains, uh, um <laughs> but that like you look at their squad that's that's the only hole isn't it? That's the one that stands out. Exactly. Um, so either they just played a either they just played a puller's wing all the time in their plays, or they or they try and convert a Tom Wright. I, I know that um, the coaching staff, especially Dan McKellar, were really big fans of Tom Wright. His his attitude, they loved his point of difference in the midfield. So if they've also got you know they've got those big bodies, Simone, and they've brought Carter in, maybe that is logical that he shifts out a bit. 
He's got a bit of that league background to him as well. So sort of, he's got really good feet in 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 small spaces and can beat a man and offload and things like that. Has he got the top end speed? I haven't seen an example of top end speed from him, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Yep, that's yeah, true. That, it, could, it could be cool to see the uh, the Brumbies, <laughs> you know, possibly play Carter on the wing as well because uh, you know the, I don't think the Brumbies have had <laughs> one of those big wingers for a while, haven't they? You know, they've had. They've had they, exactly what you're saying about just run it to Tony Pulu's wing the whole time. They've done that with Spate, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. ever since uh, Joe Tamani left. Um, it's just been get it to Spate somehow. So, um, yeah, um, no, exciting. All right, well, I think we're going to move along to uh, a team that you're very, very familiar with, uh, the Melbourne Rebels um, in recent years. Um, I guess, look, you already mentioned uh, Andrew Deegan as a, as a new face. Um, uh, the other notable new faces for us are really um, Andrew Kellaway slotting back in, kind of very... Uh, fortunistic timing for him with Jack Maddox departing. Um, and uh, we think it'll be interesting with James Tuttle going down there. So, um, you know, he, he might find himself some game time. Yeah, we'll, we'll we, we think he's got a bit of competition there, obviously. But <laughs> if he gets that run, I mean, he's a kicking option as well as a halfback. And he had some good good chances through there, I say. Who, who excites you about the Rebels, Morgs? Uh, well, the excitement thing is the interesting one. I, I'm really keen to see what Callaway's like coming back. He gets that second opportunity. This is a guy who was a you know, star at school, straight into the Waratahs. Mm. Uh, went on. It was was one of those development players uh, with Taniela Tupo and that, that went on a Wallaby tour. Uh, what two, right. three years ago? End of was that end of sixteen? Was it? Yeah, I think it's end of two thousand sixteen. This guy's on a, on a Wallaby tour, um, yeah. and then look, he's not an out and out winger. I think his best position is fifteen. He can play a bit of thirteen, and he can play wing. Um, yep. So where he slots in there is going to be really important more than anything. So he's the one I really want to see. And then then that nine battle of Lamani and Lawrence and Tuttle, who, you know, who's going yep. to take that? Ruru's gone, Genia's gone, Goddard's moved on. There's, mm. there's a clean slate there at nine. And nine was, was, was probably even more important than ten. It was the most important position in that team last year. So much of it came from nine, yes, because of the personality of the player, but also the way they were trying to play the game. Does that mean they change the way they play? So, so much will revolve around what they do with that nine position and what qualities that player has. Um, and I'm, I'm really keen to see probably Corabidi and that step up and just be more consistent. You know, Marika, so he's a favourite of mine. I, I had him when he first came across. <laughs> just love, I just love him. Like he just, he's the yeah. hardest, the hardest working bike you've ever seen. He just oh, works mate, the and only works back and we'll works. Find in the back of a ruck, isn't he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I used to say to him, mate, stop picking and going. He just couldn't help it. The ball was there. He'd see space. He'd go. So that was scoring. a good lesson for me. <laughs> well, the, the lesson for me was, don't say, don't do things to guy a guy who sees an opportunity and just takes it. He plays yeah. with freedom. Um, and and he's just hard working. So, you know. You, He's the kind of guy that just he just works so hard off the ball. So when you when when you're looking at selecting teams and things like that, you go, oh, you know, he, geez, he hadn't didn't have that many touches on the weekend, but he made twice the tackles of any other back, and he and he and he made all those other little things off the ball, the work rate off the ball to shut things down. And he's easier you put him in, and then you pick a team around him. But yeah. he he had a really slow start for his standard last year. You guys would remember, and yeah. came through. What what the Rebels will need from him is consistent all the way through performance. Um, you know, he's one of our top Wallaby performers. That means you're expected to, from round one all the way through, be consistently excellent every week. Um, so that'll be important for him. Billy Meeks is a big year for Billy Meeks, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he's been excellent for the Rebels. Probably should have had a crack at higher honours, but has been in and around that that sort of slot. No Quaid, no Genia. Um, he's sort of got a lead that midfield. Tamura will do what Tamura does, but he's not a natural 10. So I think he'll need a lot more out of his 12. 
uh, than Quaid, who was, 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 you know, the great thing for Meeks last year was he could just be the bit player, the part-time cameo player off Quaid, and it really looked brilliant and it worked well. When they were on the front foot playing well, those two were a great foil for each other. But I think Tamua, you know, you'll see he's a very different type of 10. He's, yeah. he's more of sort of a 10 and a half, 12 more than anything. Um, th- that'll be important how the guys around him can assist him in that ball playing because he just won't want to be just the quarterback like Quaid was. So really different mindset in the 9 and 10 position, which means that, that Meeks' role has to evolve. So there's plenty of, of intrigue there, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Bill, Bill Meeks, he really uh, excited me watching him actually as a ball player as well. He surprised me with how good his short kicking game was. And I think he he actually would probably go quite well with Tamur because of the fact that he can offer a little bit more of a playmaker role as well. Yeah, well, he's going to need. He's going to need to, isn't he? That's the thing. Like yeah, last year was exactly. a bit of a bonus. Like there's so much off Quaid. Okay, when we shift one wider, it's a bit of a change up. Now it's going to be important that he does it consistently. Who do you think is going to partner Corabetti and DHP out in the wing? Who do you, who do you think's the favourite? Uh, I probably think with with English coming in, Kellaway is probably the favourite. I, I know Samisi Tupo, that you know the young yeah. sort of lo- local kid originally from from up north, but has come through all their systems, all the development systems, been there a long time. If he stays injury free, I reckon he, it'd be good to see him get an opportunity because then you're promoting that consistent development within your squad as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and often, you know, recruitment sometimes it just doesn't it doesn't give you the uplift you think it's going to do. Just transplanting talent. So you measure talent by how much money you spend on it and those sorts of things. So you bring talent in, you expect an uplift in performance. Sometimes it's better um, just to go with the guy who's been through your systems, has a great relationship with. So he would have trained with Hodge now for six, uh, four or five years. Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, every week. Uh, so there's there's combinations they're building over the years that hopefully they could, that will be able to come to fruition as he matures as well. Yeah, look, um, we had a question. I suppose you sort of alluded to it a little bit before um, from a guy on Twitter, Nick Davaniza. I'm pretty sure I butchered that. <laughs> um, at Nick Davaniza, he said, "Will the Rebels have to throw out their game plan from last year, um, or will they trust Lamani and Tamua to try and replicate Genia and, and Cooper?" It's a tall order. Yeah, yeah well, I think they. Well, I think they should change. Yeah, it has to be different. Uh, right? It has to be different. Well, they just well one would be nice if they had a plan B. Yeah, be a great <laughs> <op>. <laughs> that, that might not be a bad idea. And look, they got Sean Byrne, right? Sean Byrne is an excellently smart, has an excellently smart rugby brain. He's yep. he is excellent, right? So if they decide to listen to him a bit and play a bit bit more multi layered, a uh, bit more deception, a little bit more of a change up, kick a bit more proactively. Uh, instead of just kicking as a default, look at some opportunities on structure, just have a bit more balance in their game and be yeah, a little bit more varied as a natural yep. progression, then they'll be okay. They won't be able to play hard at the line because they just don't have the excellent decision-making of Genia yep. and Wade Cooper and excellent when they're on the front foot. As soon as obviously, we all know, it's pretty obvious, you know, the smart people were saying it before when it was about to happen, saying that, you know, they're going to need a plan B. And then everyone saw it when it came to fruition that they just didn't have enough um, flexibility and deception in their game to change it up. Um, you don't have as, they don't have as talented a squad yeah. quite simply this year, right? And they don't have as much in the 9-10 slot as they did in terms of their attack. Tamu will probably be a, a lot more, you know, have, can give you a budgeted performance every week at a certain excellent level. He's a lot more reliable, all that sort of thing, defensively probably better or definitely better. So there's some <laughs> elements there that will be important. You cannot replace, however, a Will Genia. 
No way. That's uh, amazing. And it's amazing. <clears throat> yeah. I was say, it's amazing you say that. You know that uh, they don't have. Um, looking at them, they don't have that talented a squad this year. When last year, the start of the season, I think everyone in Australia was frothing on the Rebels. He thought they brought in all these big names. Like it could it be their year last year? You know, it's yeah. like it's amazing how quickly things change, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's well. Was it Coleman, Cooper, Ruru, who I rated, Genia, Faulkner. Yeah. Sam Talakai was important Maddox. for them, you know. Yeah, mathematics as well. Like yeah. that's a lot of outs. Uh, uh, yeah. And and look, the, the tr- here's the harsh truth for the Rebels is that the last two years was their big push window. Put a lot of money into their program, yeah. a lot into recruitment, into all that. That was their last year was their push peak to win it. And, and that's what happens yeah. in and and obviously Super Rugby's pseudo salary cap in Australian conference is salary cap, but it's an unequal salary cap where if you've got more Wallabies, it doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what you know. Like you know, so your salary cap's five point whatever it is, but you can have some teams have spent as nearly eight million on players if they've got enough wallabies. And the the rebels for the for the first time ever in those in the last two years they had that opportunity, and they missed it. So this year we're going to find out how good a coach the head coach is, how good the coaching staff are. How sometimes with a less talented squad it can be easier to bring them together and they can play a more basic yep. game plan and just you know. Be good at the breakdown, good defensively, take points when they need it. But I think class might get to them in the end. It's a, it's this is a, this is a huge, huge season for the Rebels in terms of their their long term future because they've had their big push two years. They need to continue that. that that's an accepted level now that they'll need to get to. The the heat will quite rightly come on. They've they've gone for stability in captain, coach, GM, CEO, all the way through their club. Um, so this yeah. is this is a big year for for all those individuals involved in the club itself. For sure, I think there'll definitely be some uh, chatty force fans ready to uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> ready at the keyboard. But um, now look, I think in in wrapping up the back line, um, we've talked about him, Reese Hodge. Are we fairly certain? Like he's just a lock at thirteen. I mean, I know I know you've spoken before about um, at length about what position is actually Reese Hodge. You know, like I I, I think this year we'll see him just play. The 13 jersey is his, but will, do you think we could see him feature elsewhere on the wing at fullback? You know, I mean, even at 10, who knows? Um, yeah, unfortunately for him, I think first injury of the sort of top six of the backs, not including nine, he'll just go to that position almost. Let's say, yeah. let's say 11 and out, not not nine and 10, because you've got Tom English coming back from Japan. Uh, he's been their club captain, may well be again, uh, and he's an excellent footballer. Excellent football timing list, great for the team, hard worker, yep. good in defence. Mm. Uh, I, I tried to help him get a judicious left boot, but that, that was probably one of my failings <laughs> as a coach. <laughs> you can pull the odd good one out, Tommy. Uh, just a, he's just a champion bloke who yeah. you know, dies in the last ditch for you. Great to have there. And an excellent footballer. So yep. so they've got an option there at 13. Uh, Kellaway will get a crack on the wing. Tupo will get a crack on the wing. My thoughts have always been that Hodge – is a 15. That's his best yeah, position. Yeah. And and it's like that for a lot of guys in Australian rugby because that's what we do have. We've got no 10s, no 13s, and a heap of 15s. <laughs> so you go Banks, Hale, Petty, Hodge, Beal's best position's 15, uh, all these sorts of guys. Yeah, Maddox. Maddox is an out-and-out 15. He's not a 10. He's not yeah. a winger. Isaac uh, Lucas. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's what I mean. So they're all these 15s, no 10s or 13s. Now, Patea, who we'll get to, I'm sure, is probably a 13, hopefully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, and, and so we, at the moment we've got no 10s and, and no 13s. But So 15's a tough position. Hayla Petty, well, whether he'll be the skipper or not, he'll probably be the starting 15. Excellent relationship with Wessels that never not picks him. So he'll be a lock at 15. You'd think that Tamua's 10. 
Meeks is there at 12. So the, the, the logical thing for Hodges, 13, he's not a winger either. He's just a, just a makeshift footballer, helps people out in the wing. But, you know, if, if they go, just say they go, whoever's at nine, they might go Tamua, and then they might go, um, if they decide to go Meeks, if they think Meeks and English is better with Hodge and, and Corabidi on the wing and Halep Petty is better than, um, say, yeah. Meeks and Hodge and whoever else, Tupa or Kellaway, he could find himself on the wing again. Which yeah. is crazy. So yeah. that's that's their issue there is that it's almost sort of eight or nine not going to seven. And, and, and the depth, I don't see the depth as making them a better team. So yeah. selection will be hugely important there. And they've got a history also just sort of picking the Wallabies on the field and working it out. So yeah. nothing would surprise me there. Yeah, that's it. That, that might find Kellaway again because of his uh, versatility, you know, the perfect bench Spot, he right? could be number 23 easily. Yeah. 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 All right. On to the forwards. We'll, we'll try and we'll go quick quicker through the forwards. But um, what, what, where do we think it's going to end up with Hooker? We've got Anaru Rangi, who by, has done nothing wrong, and he is another player that gives 110% For sure. every week. Um, or the prince that was promised, uh, Jordan Ulysses. Um, we're still waiting. I mean, huge raps on him. Uh, he has all the potential in the world, but... Um, Waiting for for him to deliver on it. Last few years curtailed by some injuries as well. Yes, no, definitely. Yeah, he's he's a guy that that just came out of school almost physically ready for Super <laughs> Rugby. And an important thing for him is is adding new adding the core elements of playing hooker to his game. Like good body can scrummage, line out throwing. I just keep going back to every hooker I talked to. I said all the other things going for the ball, carrying hard at the breakdown, counter arc, putting yeah. big shots on. They're all great, but if you can't throw. You can't yeah, play hooker sure. at the top level. So Rangi actually did a heap of work on his throwing, and it really improved through the season, I thought. I was quite critical early on of some of his throwing, uh, especially when he got tired at the back end. But I, I saw improvement there. We, we just need to see more of Jordan Ulysses. If, he can, if he's worked hard on his throwing in the in the off-season, and he, he's obviously the body type, got all the other stuff, if he can fulfil his core role as a thrower, he's the one. Yeah. But he's starting behind Rangi in terms of what we've seen. If you're picking okay. on potential... You pick him every yeah. day of the week, but I tell you what, Dave Vessels can't pick on potential. He's got to come out of the blocks quick in this season too. So that's yeah, that's the sure. interesting choice there, whether you, you sort of go and trust what the kid can do or the guy that's doing it. Yeah, I, I think moving on from that front row, um, in that back row in the locks, that sort of back five of the scrum, it's going to be really interesting to see how that sort of plays out. Matt Phillip, for us, we think he should have had that the sort of higher calling. We think he's brilliant. Luke Jones, do you, it'll be interesting to see, is he five, is he six, and, and how is that going to change that back row around? And where do you think you see him? Yeah, look, at Super Rugby, I don't mind him in the locking position. He's just a hard yep. worker. Luke Jones, um, and and you've got he's you just got to be on there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You just man, he's just got a motor. He did set one of the worst trainers of all time. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> he turns up and just kills everyone. But sometimes he just doesn't bother. But you know, on Saturday he just goes. <laughs> yeah. So there's one of the, there's one of those guys that you just know he's going to turn up for you. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you go, oh, can't you just you know get into oh. everyone else and make sure they they come with you through the week and whatever. But he just turns up and he goes. Now skills and all those sort of things. Parts of his game, he's got work-ons there, which is probably almost too late. But what he does give you is 80 minutes full of effort. Um, and you couple that with Philip, who can do the same. I'm a big fan of, of Matt Phillip. I picked him in a lot of Wallaby teams when I was asked to pick them through the last couple of years. Because oh, um, I like – because for me, a big thing is how players perform 
against the New Zealand Super Rugby teams. I put a lot of weight into that. Because yeah. for me, that's especially in the forward pack. Midfield and forward pack, I say, I say if you perform well against the Kiwi Super Rugby yep. teams, then that's a stamp of approval for me. Um, so and and he does, he stands up then. So you know, if you bully some other, some you know the Sun Wolves, and then you bully uh, some <laughs> of the lower South African teams, and you bully some of the Aussie teams that are down the bottom of the Aussie conference, that's a little bit different to standing up in the heat of the, the, the examination you get against New Zealand teams. Yeah. Um, and, and so I'm I'm a bit of a fan there. So I, considering what else they've got back row wise, um, I'd be happy to see those two. Uh, I, I think it's a big year for SA Hungana. He's been down there, similar to a Samisi Tupa. He, it's a year he's got to probably stand up. He's had the development years. He's been in and around training with the Super Rugby squad for about four years at least now. So it's a step up year for him. I saw he was made captain for that first trial when all the young guys played. So yeah. maybe that's a, a little nod to say that he's had a good preseason. So he, uh, hopefully he's one to watch. I'm a big Rob Liotta <coughs> fan. Um, we threw him in against the Crusaders' first game, and he played. Played about 20, 30 minutes, and we were getting smashed. And he just just belonged. Uh, then he had a bad knee recon injury, had some issues there. But if he's fully fit and fast, and those are the things on the back of a good preseason, yep, um, it could be a breakout year for him. With, with Hungana, I was going to say he's um he's certainly filled out his frame. I was I was watching the preseason game, and he is enormous. Um, I think I think he's he's one we could see feature a, a bit more this year. Would you say, I guess, out of those other kind of replacements, he's probably the favourite? You know, after we're talking Philip and and Jones, Trevor um, Isaiah is there as well. Another talent. Yeah, yeah. So Trevor is probably maybe the year or eighteen months behind in terms of development. Yep. of SA. Just mm. just in terms, you know, he's a bit younger and he's, he's sort of coming. Pretty sure he's a bit younger. Yeah, he's younger and he's yeah. he's just coming through on the same curve, but just probably the the step below. Uh, yeah. He might he might even have more talent than a lot of them. He was brilliant at school level. Right. Um, Hale Petty's reliable. You know, you've got those sorts of guys. Yep. Uh, what what are they going to do with Boyd Killingworth? That's an interesting one. Yeah, you know, bringing him down. Yeah, so they've got they've got players there. I like that as you mentioned, Hangana's got that body type that he can fill some profiles, mm. uh, especially as he matures into a more mature adult. As he comes, through. he's been in the system. He's got the the four three or four year training age. Um, you know, he, he's got a profile that can be an abrasive runner. He can make a point of difference. He can play six if he's got the motor. He can play in the row. He can do different things for you, whether Hale Petty, Killingworth, that, that same sort of profile. Even Philip and Jones, to a certain extent, they're, they're at the top end of that profile, but they're still that similar sameness of profile. Yeah. So yep. You're saying you could actually see Killingsworth have a, have a run in the locks? No, I'm, no, I'm talking the back five back, of the scrum. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, back. Right. But you got, and you've got the motor. Yeah, so Killingworth is definitely a Because yeah, yeah. they've got a bit of that. They've got Killingworth is flank, and then they've got Halepetti can be a bit of both. Jones could be a bit of both. Yeah. SA can be a bit of both. Hosea is probably, yeah, he's probably in there as well, not, not not as much as a bit of both. But they've got flexibility there as well. Nicerani just takes the eight jersey, and if he stays fit, no one gets it. Yeah. And then sure. Brad, what do you do with Brad Wilkin? Michael Wells. Yeah. He's an yeah. interesting one down there. He's, he's not going to play eight. So no, was, yeah, Exactly. He was awesome at the Tars, so it would be sad to see him travel down there and not get any game time. Yeah, that's an interesting one there. So, he, you know, he's as you said, he had a good season at the Tars. He's, he's proved himself at Super Rugby, which not a lot of those guys have. Mm. Yeah. Now, some, of the, some of them are, you know, out of other programs, out of sevens, younger players coming through on potential. This guy's proved himself. Now, where does he sit? And we haven't even mentioned. I know I've shifted into back row as well. So you got a, you got Hardwick there as well. This is a this is Cottrell. an important year for Thanks. him as well. And Cot yeah, Cottrell has been their skipper. Yeah, 
what's what's your best back row? Can you can you tell us that with all these names <laughs> floating around? Myself out of it. Yeah, so look, <laughs> not I'll do the hard one first. Nice Serrano, you will just make it, I suppose, yeah. at eight. <laughs> I, I love Rob Liotta. Yeah. Yeah. Which means I'll probably go for a seven seven, like a hard week or something. Yep. Yeah, nice. But geez, it could be anything. Do you think, it genuinely could be anything. Do you think his main competition there is Killingworth as, as another seven? Um, he's more of that six role. Oh, cool. Because of the motor that Killingworth will bring, he's, he's another one that could probably play a bit of seven or six. Yeah. Because uh, what, what they do come out of sevens with is excellent core skills. Yeah. When it's simple as feet, you know, feet into jump, jump. Their lineout skills are good because they've got to work it. You know, they, they, the mini the mini core skills that are important in the game sevens are magnified there as opposed to fifteen. So they do come across with a great motor and and really good core skills. So yeah. is he the right body shape for to play six? Maybe just or you yeah, just let him go. Do you let him go yeah, like a Cusack style at seven? Yeah. Yeah, he's only he's only six foot, but I mean that guy's a bulky man. So yeah. All right, the, guy, the guys will get after me for taking too long because we probably yep. should move on to the next team. But um, it, just finishing with the props, I suppose, Ruan Smith's come down. Um, do we see him kind of, you know... Locking down. Yeah, taking it from yeah. Ainsley for the, the starting jersey or is that, I guess, an intense battle um, for that starting jersey? Yeah, I'll go toe-to-toe. When Ainsley went to the Rebels, oh, geez, I thought he'd almost make the Wallaby mm. team consistently, at least off the bench there uh, with Al right. Tyler there. But I... Uh, it was an underwhelming season, just because of the expectation I, I had personally. I don't know what anyone else was thinking, but I had. I thought, gee, this bloke is going to be good. Yeah. Um, and so they'll go toe to toe now. If he'd had a better year, it would have been his to lose. But they'll go toe to toe, and and the reason they've gone out and got Smith is probably for that too. They they didn't see enough there to say, well, that's sweet. Ruan Smith's not coming down for depth to, to cover it on the bench. So the great thing there at tight end too is that they can they, there can be some job share there make life easy for each other. So that'll help that side of the scrum for them. And, and Freddie Sanger, who, who had a breakout, a couple of breakout games over the last few years, it's yeah. an important year for him to put some consistency into his performance as well. He, he didn't do too well against uh, the Red Scrum, though, in that pre-season trial. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but I guess uh, no, that was, there was some hard lessons learned there. But no, yeah, he, it's also actually... sort of – those ones are sort of see what's true. behind you, how much weight you got behind you, what's happening there and those sorts of things. But, yeah, it's true, definitely true. Another name to throw out there in, in the in the props is Pony for Almasili. Uh, he the thing that excites us about him is if you can have a prop that could occasionally play in the back row in <laughs> fantasy footy, he gets double points for runs or that sort of stuff. Mm. He he actually featured there in the NRC. Do you think there's a chance that we could actually see him as a legitimate option that he he might fill a spot there if they need it at some point? Um, in, in a game, or do you just think we're we're dreaming in in Super Rugby to see him play eight, or even yeah. is there a bigger human? He is <laughs> he enormous. Is <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, <laughs> so he is. If you wanted a, if you wanted a, a prop body type, yeah, that's what you want. If you if you could stay injury free and get that frame around the park enough, yeah, he's amazing. You look at the like the long back, power base. Mate, he's, yeah. he's mm. the perfect genetics you want on a footy field. Yeah. Sure. But he probably can't do it for more than 20 minutes at the moment. Yeah. So this is going into pre-season on the back of NRC and those things. So that's that's probably his limit in Super Rugby. What's happened over pre-season, well, we'll, we'll get an opportunity to see. I know he's rated a lot within the coaching staff there because you look at him and you go, I want to be able to pick this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I would have thought 
yeah, initially there's an opportunity off the bench. Yeah. Um, and then from there it'll be up to him. There's a few of the obviously the few of the the random usual saffers at the Rebels thrown in that Dave's gone <laughs> over and got. So we won't know anything about um, you know, whether they're, whether they're in Hendrick Root or yeah. whether they're um, a podgeeter. We're not going to know until until we see more of them. So there's there's a few jokers in the pack there as well. Let's kick on to the the rebels. A couple of the new faces. Reds. The Reds, sorry, we were doing yep. the rebels. Yeah, the Reds. <laughs> the Reds. Uh, new faces. You got James O'Connor, obviously a favourite for that twelve jersey, and you might even see slide one in, but most likely inside centre. Henry Spate, you would assume he's going to start on the wing all through the year, and then you've got a couple of other new faces. Michael Wood from the under twenties and Siru Iru as well has big raps on him as a as a number eight option. Are there any new guys coming through the Reds? Not that well, the entire squad is new if you look at them being <laughs> under twenty years old, but who who excites you there? Uh well, I'd love to see Henry with the sea change. That'll be interesting. Um, you know, Sefanai Valu's gone up there and done something similar. Some guys like that have just sort of gone up and the, and no one sort of stuck there and continued on. So this will be interesting for Henry whether this is a a stop on the way on his passage north, or whether this is this is going to be a, a new beginning for him. It feels um, like it doesn't. Yeah, yeah with, the, with the turnover in the Wallaby squad and a new coach, you know, he, if I was him, I would be looking at that gold jersey as well. He'll get the young forward pack of the Reds as a vehicle to help him get some ball. He's one I'm really keen to see. Um, Hunter Paisami is a young kid who's, who played a lot of footy down in Melbourne who's a good, yep. solid midfield footballer. Be interesting to see. How he goes pushing through, and in, in, so he's funny. Funny enough, he's a sort of a pseudo back row, pseudo midfield player, just a just one of those profile, just a bracy ball running sort of short passing game players. I'm interested yep. to see what he can do in a, in a different environment, away from home, professional environment with a guy like Thorn over him. And then we all want to see what O'Connor is going to be able to do week in, week out. Um, yep. This will be important. The last time at the Reds. Mm-hmm. Um, we, yeah. we all saw sort of what happened there. This is a really, really big responsibility for him to say, you're coming in, you have to be a leader by design, you have to be a leader by the amount of money we're paying you, I'm assuming. So what are you going to contribute from the 2nd of January through the end of the season? You need to be able to turn up day in, day out, week in, week out. Give us the performance that we need from a senior player. So this more than the Wallabies. The Wallabies, you go in, you get you get picked, you're excited, you go to a World Cup, you're playing footy, you're at the top end of the tree. This is This is a different kind yeah. of uh, James O'Connor we're going to need to see. So that's a, a huge test for his newfound character as well. I, I think uh, it's interesting. On, on the salary caps, um, after Karevi's gone, which would have to be, uh, you know, about half the uh, half the salary, you'd have to say the Reds are probably like the opposite of Saracens now. They must have heaps of room, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, to go. They've got all, they're all, the whole team's under 20 now. They've got to all be on almost rookie contracts, you know. But, yeah, um, well, I actually think, I wouldn't have thought Samu was on a huge amount then because it was the old deal. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think they'd right. avoided paying the big deal, but they obviously paid <laughs> yeah. the price by losing him. And that, that's the other thing. Like, that's the biggest hole in any team in Super anywhere. Yeah, because yeah. he so in attack, in attack, unless he did something, they had zero last year. That's the harsh <laughs> truth, right? Yeah. And look, it worked yeah. for them. They they were better, and I said it all year long. They were more comfortable without the ball than with it. And some teams are like that, but they were more than anyone much better and much happier almost without the ball than with it. And the yeah. only time they could re- could really construct anything was off the back of an individual effort from Simon Karevi. Now, how that evolves. Um, will be the telling point of really for the coaching staff as well. Who, who you know, Brad Thorne, this is the year we want to see something. Mm. He sold hope and 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 ethos and dynamics and culture and hard work and all this. Well, now we need wins. 
Um, yeah. And they've, they've, you know, you know, it's like every sort of month we go, mm, oh, then they get this win, and then they let you down if you're Red Sport. Then they get a win, and then they let you down. Just, just enough hope. We're wonderful in Australian rugby, just surviving on a little bit of hope at the moment. So I think this is a year where there's got to be some delivery from the Reds. He's been able to keep, as you mentioned, the core young forward pack that he's brought all the way through from yep. NRC level. Um, and then we'll just see what the backs can do with it. I think that's so spot on. We used to call uh, the Reds in, in terms of fantasy, we would call them the Queensland Karevis, um, you know, <laughs> because that's where all the fantasy points came from. He's the only one doing something in, in offense. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, he is. Definitely, he, he took up most of their fantasy points. I, I think something that's going to be interesting to see this year is that the growth of a combination between uh, Tate McDermott and Isaac Lucas, who, uh, to me, are both really exciting guys who can pull defenders in. Um, do you think that's what we're going to see at 9-10, and how do you think that's going to shape up? Yeah, well, truthfully, I, the best-performed 10 last year was Bryce Hegarty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. The, that's the harsh truth, and I'm saying that so, when you're considering yeah. Christian, Quaid, Bernard. Yeah, he went on super rugby form only with no credit in the bank for past performances. The most consistent and, and the most progressively positive got better and better as the season went on was Bryce Hegarty. So oh, I'll tell you what, if he doesn't get first track, he should feel hard done by. And you, then, you know, and then, yeah, you go. Yeah, the, the reason why I, like, I'm leaning towards, I think they're going to have him at fullback is through the NRC, they had Isaac Lucas playing. This is between the two Queensland side. Isaac Lucas at 10. They had Bryce Hegarty at 15. Um, and they had Hamish Stewart filling at 12. So to me, like they're, they're quite smart at how they use that system through the NRC. So that seems telling to me. I, I might be reading too much into it, but that's just why I was sort of thinking it's going to shape up that way. And, and he still came in at first receiver as well, Bryce. Yeah, but, he, um... he comes in for sure. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's a good point, actually, and it's worth noting that the Queensland have been the best uh, province at utilising the NRC as a way of developing sure. their teams, developing their coaches, developing combinations. Like, truthfully, in, in the first few years, they stacked the Brisbane City team while Stilesy was there, and they stacked yeah. the Queensland yeah. country team for Thorny. It's pretty. It's always pretty smart. that Whichever the Reds coach was that went to one of the teams, he took the best players with him. But, <laughs> yeah. but look, but the other thing is that they've, you know, they've paid the NRC the respect that they felt it deserved, and, and they've reaped some that's benefit from it, which is good. Well, yeah, that's the harsh truth. It does even put their hand up and say, you know what, we didn't bother. Yeah. Um, so then, the, so then, yeah, that's the interesting thing. So you've got to be excited by the O'Connor, Patea. Then you've got some guys like Spade out wide, Dalgunu. If he's if his attitude's on, Thorn picks him. You'll you'll know how good his attitude is because he gets picked. And that's pretty much, you know, if he's switched on and contributing at training, Thorne loves him. And if he needs the rod sometimes, then then, then he doesn't get picked. So that if he's if he's keen and in form and, and working hard at training, then he'll be electrifying on the wing. I'm a big Tate McDermott fan. I'd have probably taken him to the World Cup. Yep. yep. Um, just as just as an aside, doesn't mean much to anyone now. Um, and then the Hegarty the Lucas one, they've got two options. Lucas, I'm I'm a softly softly with young guys sometimes, especially in key positions. Fifteen is, oh, it's got to be ninety percent easier to play than ten as a young player. I, I think he is a fifteen, to be honest. Yeah. I, I haven't seen heaps and heaps of myself, a bit of the under 20s, a bit of the NRC, but to me, he's, he looks like a 15. It almost feels like you're putting DMAC at 10. <laughs> like, I don't think he's yeah. necessarily the same level, but he is agile. He, he can find that space if you give him some, some time. Yeah, he's a footballer. So, what, what's happened? Yeah. Our, our development of, and this is a deeper question, I want to get off the reds too much, but the development yeah. of, our, of our 10s hasn't been good enough over the 
past oh, seven, eight years, right? Sure. And and because of that, I think that every time we see a kid who's a footballer, we say, oh, he could play ten just because he's a footballer, <laughs> yeah. cause he can because he can beat a man, put a guy into space, throw a decent pass. So Lucas probably not a ten, being thrown around a ten. Maddox definitely not yeah, a ten, sure. thrown around as a ten. Hodge definitely not a ten, but he can <laughs> you know, can sort of play. He's played ten for the Wallabies. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, so these guys, if they're a bit of a footballer, they, we we suddenly think they're tens, and, and maybe it's because the the great the great change from fifteen to ten, Larkham. We've we've probably always got that in the back yeah. of our mind. We we all want to yeah, be that genius right. who sees. Yeah, we want to be the genius who sees that kid and goes, well, he's a ten. I don't know. Or we, we see these footballs, which are a little bit of a of an anomaly these days. They're not as 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 you know bread and butter coming through all the time as, as possibly in the past, that we sort of go, oh, he could play 10, he could play 10, because we're looking for 10s, we're not looking for 15s. Yeah. But oh, I agree, Lucas is is, a, is, is is probably a 15. Uh, one last question on the backs. We we put out to, on Twitter to see if anyone had any questions for you coming on, and the guys at Elite Rugby Banter who actually have their own podcast, which is quality as well, but uh, they <laughs> so got... They're probably, uh, what are, they th- are they third best, you reckon? Yeah, they're South African, so they okay. don't really turn up on our rankings. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, Morgan. Yeah. They're down it's, there um, with the Rand, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they've got uh, James O'Connor and Patea, obviously 12-13, but do you think that CFS could come through in the centres at all as well, or do you think that he's going to make that permanent switch to wing now? Because he has floated in and out. Yeah, I think with... Look, I think he played well as a foil to Karevi. Yeah. But, mate, like, I can play well as a foil to Karevi, I reckon, even now. <laughs> <laughs> that might be stretching it, but he's that good. Like, that's how good he is. Um, you know, if, if your whole defensive structure is focused around stopping Karevi, well, then, of course, there's space around him. So I think – and then I think also with O'Connor and Patea, like, I just want to see Patea play 13. Just leave him there and just let him play and play and play. Yeah. Um, and O'Connor, it, look, it looks like the right fit for O'Connor. What happens there? Well, he could easily change. He could end up anywhere, O'Connor. But that looks like the best fit. Um, yeah. So I would, I would think if, if Chris Fale, ICT, wants to start in Super Rugby, the wing is his best chance. Very good. All right. Um, I guess one of the questions that really annoys, um, I'm not sure, <laughs> fantasy managers, uh, is when when you have players that um, kind of like the the Rangi and Ulysses type of situation, with uh, Brandon Pyangra Mosa and um, Alex Murphy, both absolutely great um, players, but uh, they just keep sharing game game time. You never know who's starting week in week out. Um, do you, I guess? Do you think that'll just continue? <laughs> I can't see why not. Uh, yeah. Well. I'm a big Brendan Payne Mosa fan. I think he's an yeah, excellent great. player. Mm-hmm. Um, his issue is always, is he doing the work off the field? If he's in good physical nick, that makes a big difference to him. Yep. I, I feel like they'd, they'd have to. Well, wouldn't they all just be terrified of Brad Thorne? I mean, I, w- <laughs> well, I, would, I wouldn't turn up to training, you know, not having done well, something. Done, yeah. Well, maybe they go home and do stress eating or comfort eating. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. um, I think I might have done some with Eddie Jones at, at times. You never know. I think, <laughs> I think a lot of his coaches did, actually, anecdotally. But, um, look, for me, if pushed, Pangramosa is the better footballer but hasn't shown consistently enough to take to take that starting spot. And maybe, maybe it's as simple as... It, it works too well. They're, they're both comfortable yeah. enough to play 40-40 or 45-35 or 50-30. None of them are – one of them should stand up and go, you know what, I want to be a 70-minute hooker. 
65-minute hooker. I'm just going to go and make this number two jersey my own. Maybe there's there's an element of it that, that it works so easily for them that no one wants to. It might stuff up your fantasy points, but it works for them, you know? Yeah. Sure. But I think, yeah, BPR reckons the he, yeah the better footballer. For sure. He, he, he was coming off the bench. All, like Every time he came off the bench last year, he seemed to take all the tries, though. You know, Murphy would play well for 70 minutes, and then the, the rolling yeah. malls had come in the last it, 10, and Brandon would he, bag two a game. He never did so, anything wrong in the field. Yeah, so he's, he's the new uh, Adam Fryer, is he? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do the nice little bob before he throws that line out, though. It, it, it's yeah. memorable. It wouldn't, be a, deep squat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it wouldn't be a podcast with Morgs unless there, there was an Adam Fryer uh, stabbing there. Yeah, so, no, yeah. got, got that done. Um, all right, in terms of locks, um, it was, you know, I guess Rodder might feel a little hard done by that he, he missed out on the captaincy. It sounded like a really interesting process of picking the captain um, for the Reds, but we won't go into that. But uh, I guess Rodder's got to be starting week in, week out. And um, there's been a lot of chat of Lucan Salakai Loto moving into the lock position. So I'm that's where he started in the trials, and I guess um, it's that it's been alluded to that they that's where they see him. I think the Reds this year. Um, I mean, they've got a lot of other young talents in Harry Hawkins and Angus Blythe, but uh, is that how you see it happening? Uh, well, if, well, if he's playing trial footy, there it's a big it's a big um, sighter to it. But uh, look, he probably is a lock. It's like yeah. a, even like test footy. Test footy is not the same as Super, but the, the, the transition to six hasn't been perfect. Um, so there's been games where he's been cooked after 50 minutes playing six. It depends on the role and the way they want to play. If they're going to be, if the Reds, which is probably their best chance to try and be a really abrasive, not forward dominated, but just be a really direct team. Um, <clears throat> it, you know, you might almost go with sort of the three lock profiles as a six as well. So mm. Lucan. For the Reds to do well, I reckon it probably suits them that he plays six, which is why I find it interesting that he's playing lock because yeah, yeah. you just put a few big bodies through the middle there. Uh, Hawkins is an excellent player. Um, yeah. I think he's, he's a good player. Um, well, there's no rush on him either. They're, as you said, they're all young, but yeah. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if if looking at it purely you know, intellectually, that Lucan Salakoloto at six playing as a third lock and that abrasive style is better for the Reds, but I do understand why they want to put him in the row because look, they've got they've got options too in the back row. Yeah, you know, so yeah. the skipper's the skipper's going to get picked. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves Scott Young. They've yep. got options there as well. So, um, what 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 opportunities Fraser McWright gets? How that will look this year? Um, so there's, there's that balance through there as well. So if, if they've got other eyes on players in the back row, then that's always playing in the lock. But, geez, I'd love to see him as six and just have a big physical line across the middle of the scrum there. Yeah. Um, yeah I think that might be the Reds' best chance. That's going to completely shape their, that back five in the scrum. Like if, if he's six or seven, they're going to look like a very different side, I reckon. Hmm. Uh, six or five, sorry. Um, <laughs> the other thing is, we're, so obviously we've said Liam Wright, he's the captain, so he's a, a lock at seven. Um, even with the, the pressure of Fraser McWright, who I, we all think is pretty brilliant coming through, who do you think is <laughs> going to fill that eight role? Um, Harry Wilson, from, obviously from the under-20s, he, he's got a, a lot going for him. I love him. And I think he was the, the rising star, I'm pretty sure, from the NRC. Um, and obviously you got Sarah Uru, the, the big Fijian boy, who he, he's a good sort of shape, shape number eight and he runs hard. Who do you think we're going to see take that position there? Yeah, well, that- there's, there's a fair bit of chat about Uru as well, and that could be the body profile they need. Yeah. Um, when you look at, you know, you look at 
what they've got through there. Obviously, the, 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 the funnily enough, the joker in terms of the balance of the back five that's come is, is Taniela Tupo is an excellent carrier of the ball. Yeah, so yep. he often, in terms of, <laughs> say, second phase or third phase or key runner on a five-man line-out, he often fills the traditional number eight role of that in, uh, incisive runner. So then it's not a straight-up selection in that, that regard. Yep. But Uru, if he's got any game whatsoever, he fits the profile, the nice Irani profile. The, um, you know, that, that, that go-to guy over the game line, short passing offload game. So I'd like to – I need to see more of, of what he's got to offer through the trials. Um, and then that frees up your Scott Youngs and guys like that to do what they do, your Liam Wrights, because you've got that you've, – you've ticked that box through the middle, you know, when it's high-density carry against, you know, a, a strong Kiwi defensive line, who's going to carry that ball? Yep. Uh, yep. And sometimes you just need those bodies. So just if suddenly you've got you've got Uru and Salakai Lota and Taniela Tupo, then you've got the industry of the other guys working hard. BPA can carry, Marfi can carry, hard on the ball, right, Scott Young, McWright off the bench. You've got a bit in there. JP Smith will do what he does. Um, there's a bit there. You mentioned J.P. Smith. The last question that we have for the Reds is young Harry Hoopert looked really, really good the time that he had through last season. Uh, there's a bit of a wrap on him as well. Do you think that this could be the year that he starts breaking into the starting side more consistently or is it J.P.'s jersey to lose? Well, I, would th- I would have thought J.P.'s jersey to lose just for the way, because if you did it the opposite, it doesn't yeah. sort of suit the way the flow of a game goes. And yeah. is Harry... Is he just not going to be? It's an oversimplification. Say not big enough. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm oversimplifying. Is he just when push comes to shove in that position mm. over time at that level? Is he just <clears throat> not big enough to play the first fifty minutes? Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. That's, no, that's the question. Really... If it was me, I'd do the other way. Smith yeah. to start yeah. and him to come on. And and you know what? There's, there's a real difference between coming on and playing a good 20, 30 minutes and starting yeah. a game. You see that with nines. You see that with lots of back rowers and that, geez, they're brilliant for the last 20 or 30 off the bench and they get a starting opportunity. It's completely different. Different yeah. mindset, different situation, different skill set required, different mental approach required. required. So, um, look, you, look, you'll get opportunity, that's for sure, and we'll find yeah. out. But, like, when I look at him, I go, eh. <clears throat> Maybe not quite, but maybe that's an oversimplification. Yeah, I think um, that sums it up pretty well. We we yeah. love him. We'd love to see him get a chance. But, yeah, he's definitely not a, a big body to fill that role. Moving on to the Waratahs. I mean, we're all Waratahs tragics. And there was a point maybe in the back end of last year where we were sort of struggling for inspiration other than maybe when we saw the, the under-20s guys coming through and now see them in, in the trials and throughout NRC. Guys that excite us. Mark Nwanganitawase. Uh, obviously great to see Jack Maddox coming through. Um, it's that back. Yeah. Well, not, yeah, I guess coming coming, coming back, home. Coming home. That's probably the, the way to put it. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a lot of questions there. Coming home to the sheaf at Double Bay, I think more than anything. <laughs> <Yeah. easy. laughs> but that's I mean, bang on. Yeah. Watching the trials as well. So many of the younger guys were they actually showed a lot of promise. I know it's trials, and I know it wasn't against a full strength Highlanders or anything close. But Will Harrison, he looked brilliant when he came on. Um, what's his name? The prop from Newton. Oh, Angus. Bell. Angus, Angus Bell. 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 
Love with Angus oh. Bell. So Angus Bell, Angus Bell, if he stays injury-free, will play 100 test matches. Oh. That rig on that guy, he is a beast. I was calling him Mr. Incredible because he yeah. looks like it's straight out of the straight out of the comics or whatever. He yeah. is he's enormous. Yeah, which is funny because his old man's possibly got the worst rig ever. <laughs> Coming from me, that's saying something. He's one of the worst ever. One of the worst footballers and worst blokes ever. <laughs> like, just a rubbish bloke. And look, his son is a champion. And an amazing footballer. Like, yeah. just, yeah. No. Belly, like, I know his old man pretty well, but it's funny. Like, he's, <laughs> he's my, you know, he played for the Wallabies. He's not even the best footballer in his family. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. this kid, this kid will be anything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely anything, right? And if, we, just, if we, we're patient and do it right, he'll play 100 test matches. I'm guessing you watched that trial. When he came on, not only did the scrum on his side just dominate, he just dominated running with the ball. He fallen off him, yeah. Yeah, he is a scary prospect. Yeah. yeah. I hope... I hope, um, I mean, you'll have some insight into this as well. You know, we, we really hope he's not one of those ones where, uh, you know, the Waratahs just say, oh, he's, he's too young. We'll give him a couple of years in the program and then we'll, uh, well, he's got a, and then we'll put him into the team and, and then we lose him like an Angus Crichton. He is or, a prop, uh, you know, um, <laughs> He's a prop. He's got to, he's got to do his time and, and build. Well, that's what I thought, but seeing him on the weekend, I know it was a trial game, but he, he, he just looked incredible, you know. He's he's enormous. He's, uh, he's we're talking about Harry Hooper, perhaps not having that body profile. Well, Angus Bell definitely does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, and that's that's the harsh truth of this level. Sometimes, you know, tough ain't enough. Sometimes, if you're not big enough, it just you know, a good yeah. big guy, but a good little guy, especially yeah, in that position. So he like he's just he's going to be that good. Yeah, I think his old man's coaching scrums there, so I wouldn't be too worried about him not getting picked, boys. If his old man's probably a selector, yeah, that ain't gonna hurt him. But um, no, he's yeah, he's an example of of the benefit of possibly of of some of that turnover at the Tars. Those guys get an opportunity, but also the stress that will come on that squad depth with the youth that they have. Well, while we're talking about the front row, one of the guys that we really enjoyed seeing come through last year was Harry Johnson-Holmes. Yeah. It looks like he's really bulked up in the offseason. He's moved across to Tighthead, which is obviously right in Angus Bell's crosshairs. <laughs> uh, what, what did you think of HJH, and do you think he can turn himself into a Tighthead? Yeah, well, Tim Horan actually was talked him up last year at the start of the year, and I didn't know much of him. I said, mate, you're kidding. I mean, what do you know about props? He goes, mate, trust me, watch this player. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I never heard of him sort of thing. You know, I'll watch him. He was excellent. He was great. He was an excellent first year. I thought he was great. Brilliant. Um, I'm interested at the switch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see why. I don't, I don't understand, obviously not knowing, whatever, but I, I don't understand the switch because I just would have loved him to keep doing what he was doing mm. with more maturity every year the next couple of years. So it's an interesting one. And look... Who are, you, who are you scared of on the loose head side? The Tars not getting game time. Who are you? What, what was was it? Tight head depth, and you're trying to make shift. Like it's easy to go from tight to loose, and loose to tight. That's for sure. And tight head takes time. Yeah, well, so, I think it was, uh, he just didn't. He didn't want to sit behind Tommy Robertson. You know, kind of. Uh, yeah, he's a funny, yeah. And he well, just thought. I, I guess he thought he'd have all the time. Yeah, my thing would be back yourself. Back yourself. You know. I don't know. That's a that's a really yeah. interesting one. No, it is. We've, well, there's been a lot of props like that that have had to switch between. In South Africa, there's Thomas Detoit, um, who kind of kept changing from uh, tank engine. Tight, t- t- they said we'll, we'll make you a tight head now. There's a spot there in the Springboks for you. And then we're back to loose and back. But but no, HJH, he um 
Well, I, I saw him at the trial match. He 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 looked like like we said he, he looked bigger, but he he really looked like he'd really piled it on. Like uh, I think one of the things that made him so good last year was uh, just how quickly he got around the park. You know, he yeah. really made a lot of tackles, um, and he was just everywhere. Whereas he really looked. I mean, I don't want to say it looked like he was kind of lumbering around a bit, but he definitely doesn't have the same uh, mobility that he had last yeah. year. So, well, yeah, I, I can uh, I can tick off my other my other sort of. Compulsory mention that I always have to mention, but it, I, that's Stephen Hoyle's syndrome. That is, that is like, oh, Steve, <laughs> if only Stephen Hoyle's had ten more kilos or whatever. If any people told me that, he couldn't do. Stephen Hoyle's the most skillful footballer we've had, yeah, like, including backs. Like he's a freak. The most skillful forward we've ever had. It's more skillful than George Smith. That's how good he wow. was, right? And, but every coach went, oh gee, uh, I wish he had ten kilos on him. Well, if he had the ten kilos on, him, he couldn't do the things that he did. And yeah. Harry Johnson Holmes, yeah, we talked about, yeah, if he can scrummage and he can do his core element, as we mentioned with hookers, if you put extra weight on him, he, he won't be able to get around the field and do what he was doing. So I think there's so much of it's, oh, let's put 10 kilos on this kid. You've got to put weight on this kid. Well, they all, half of them end up with shin splints and they, they break down yeah. because their body can't carry it. Uh, or two, they just can't do the same things that they did. Oh, gee, that kid gets around the park well. He's hard at the breakdown. Imagine he had seven kilos on him and he couldn't be moved once he got there. Well, he doesn't get there anymore because he can't carry the weight. So, mm. you yeah. know, that's you know, there's the element of professional rugby, bigger, faster, stronger, but it's got to be functional. And so hopefully yeah. for Harry Johnson-Holmes' sake himself that it's functional, I suppose, good weight in inverted commas as opposed to some yeah. of the other weights some of us have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rounding out the front row, Damien Fitzpatrick, we expect to keep the hooking jersey. But uh, the lock becomes a little bit more interesting. Obviously, Rob Simmons is going to have one jersey all to himself. And then we feel, or I, I guess Rob Penny has said in the preseason that he thinks Jed Holloway and Ned Flanagan are probably more uh, more Suited. loose forwards than locks because of their size. So that leaves pretty much Tom Staniforth and Ryan McCauley. Who do you think might come through there, and who who do you like? Yeah, I, I tell you what, I do like is what he said about Holloway. Mm. Yeah, uh, I couldn't yeah. agree more. He's he's a, for me, he's a number eight. Yeah, I'd love he, to see him just just get there and play number eight. I'm you know, so I've cop six as well, but I think he's a number eight. We've, we've loved him for years. He's really dynamic, but his just form seems to fluctuate massively. And in the trial, I mean, he he looks big and he he looks like he's hungry, but he just seemed to fumble the ball off the back of the scrum and not control it that well and things. So his first season when he came in was coming off the bench. He absolutely lit yeah. it up. So mm. we're we're trying to we want to see that form again. 100. Mm. percent Well, unfortunately, that might mean going back to the bench. Sometimes that's yeah. just the way it is. Um, I think Staniforth probably will have the inside running at lock. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty logical there. But I'm happy to see those two go toe to toe. Um, yeah, and yeah, Hannigan. Hannigan's not a lock. I never want to see him play lock ever again. No. Not, <laughs> not, not at super. Not at super. A test level. Yeah. Um, club footy can play wherever he wants. <laughs> and look, I've got to say, um, even though we're um, we're definitely running running into time here, Morgs. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you you mentioned um, Luke Jones can uh, po- you know possibly sometimes be the worst worst trainer on the on the field. Um, I've just got to ask Rob Simmons: Is he the best trainer that exists on this planet? Because I have never particularly been a fan of him. I've never You're understood. Right, mate. I've never understood how he has gotten so many Wallabies caps. Um, and it for my he just has to be the best trainer in Australia, basically, to keep getting picked all the time. Um, how have you seen him? Uh, well, look, <laughs> so I put him up for no, no. So, so here's the thing: I played with Simo. I knew him as a young kid coming through. He wasn't that good a trainer. 
from memory. No, he's a good training, good kid, good kid coming through. Had his peak through the, the glory years of the Reds there. Yeah. Um, good players around him, played well, and then has naturally developed with great mentors into an excellent line-out core. Yep. So, so that's a really important element to a, a professional team is having someone run your line-out on the field and then also in the background as well. Yeah. And that is an element in selection. When you pick a sure. forward pack, you go, who's going to call the line? Who's going to run our line? Who's our best jumper? Who can read spaces? Who can who can control the line out? Because, you know, you boys will know, well, nearly two-thirds of, of, of tries come from line out source in Super Rugby. Yeah. Yeah. Something around that, right? We li- we historic over the last few years. I said, we listen to your pod, so we know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, I, I sort of harp on some things, and I try and find the truth and all that. There's, there's all those stats to the prove anything i could you know find a stat to prove anything if you want but that's one that comes through consistently some of the consistent stats in super like you know teams teams that don't have the ball much often win it's it's yeah. you know field position not possession all that but it's true that the major source of tries is line out um and the other thing is you know, how many scrum turnovers or scrum um wins against the feed are there in a game one maybe sometimes or, yeah. or you know you know, without penalties, but in turnover time, you know, line-outs run anywhere between 90-something and 70%, whereas scrum winning possession, whether it's quality or not, is a lot higher. So there's an opportunity there to get a lot of ball as well, and that's a huge part of the game. So an element of that, so Rob Simmons actually played quite well last year. The year before, they didn't have a very good year. So he's had his form around the park has fluctuated over yeah. the years, but... Some of the IP he brings and some of those things that do influence the performance of the team that he brings, he does better than anyone else. Yeah. So that's why you get picked in a Wallaby squad because you have that sort of stuff as well. He does some stuff around the field. Hannigan, funnily enough, probably had his best year ever last year, didn't make the Wallabies and, and the previous years possibly we- didn't quite deserve to be there and made it. And last year he's probably his, he played his best foot, he didn't make it. So it's never yeah, as simple as... It's how well yeah. you're going. What are the other locks doing? What did Rob Simmons bring that none of the other locks had? You look at the locks in the Wallabies, say, for example, and, and at the Tars this year, no experience running lineouts. Him and Rory Arnold. Coleman was learning how to be a lineout caller, and he was our, yeah. you know, until his form did, he was our premier lock, really. So yeah. we, we had a, we, you know, we've had from Giffen through to Harrison, Sharp, all the Vickerman, all these guys have had really great IP in terms of running line-out, and it's been one of our big points of difference right through the professional era of, of, of rugby is that our line-out's been excellent, and, and he is the the heir to that information and his job to pass it on. So that's – I know I've talked around it, but there's an element yeah. of that to it. He's, he's still a good, solid footballer. No, we, we can see what you're saying there. Look, I, I think he had a, quite a good year for the Tars last year as well. So Absolutely. He, he shut a few people up that weren't it's, super keen like Kargi coming across. Right. But, um, look – then if we're moving on to that back row, obviously Hooper's got the seven jersey and that can't be questioned. Um, mind you, Tizano looked brilliant when he got the chance in the trial. You just know he's not going to take the spot, but he he's quite an exciting seven coming through. Obviously, we did mention a few names. Hannigan, um, do we think he's going to be six? I, I love to see Swinton there mm-hmm. get his crack last year. I think he's quite a, a hard, abrasive player. And, and Dempsey as well. I mean, he's had a few injuries, but he, he can cover six or eight, and, and he's a he's a good, solid pa- uh, player around the paddock. How do you think that backs, back three will uh, yeah, lot. Yeah, a lot of that will be around the mindset of, of Penny and his coaches about how they're going to play the game. Dempsey's been a favourite of the Wallaby setup for a long time. Uh, when he's fit, he's excellent, has been injury-prone a lot, but it's also the fact that he puts his body on the line so much. Love, 
Love the attitude and profile of Swinton. Hannigan yeah. is you, you know, he's an out and out six at super level. Yeah. You know, he's 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 been a good. He was a good Super Rugby player last year. Yeah. Uh, in, in in what was at times a trying on field year for the Tars as well. He stood up. Simmons and he really did stand up last year. That's the truth of the matter. He had some yeah. carryover issues with with a lot of fans from the years before. But I thought if you looked solely at last year's year, he had a good yeah, year. So. Uh, so Dempsey's there, and, and if Holloway's going to be that body in the back row too, then he's going to be pressing for, for opportunities to start. So Hooper, you take Hooper away, obviously. So that that's the jockeying for position there. Dempsey, uh, give just an excellent line-out option. Easy to lift, just wins his ball, quick move along the ground. So he, he brings that element. Dempsey, not as good a line-out jumper, but can jump. And Swinton's probably the same profile as Dempsey. So there's all those things. Um, I'd love to see Holloway... Just as a just as a year to say, well, have you are you going to do it or not? Just get the first month at number eight and just see how he goes. Yeah. And then we and then you know what? Then we make the judgment. You're either not going to make it or you are. But there's just there's always been something there that I'd love to see. Um, Dempsey with the Dempsey might have the inside running there um, at six just by Wallaby's profile that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yep. Hannigan might be the unlucky one. That'd be interesting. Yeah, he covers that that bench spot really well as yeah. well. How do you see the uh, the Tars backline unfolding? There's so many play, players coming through trying to jockey for spots. What do you think will happen? Where does well, fit in? Yeah, that's <laughs> the biggest thing. Yeah, I think well, so if they'd have missed out on Maddox, Kirtley plays 15, and now they've got Maddox. I would have thought Kirtley plays 10. The issue with that though is he's going to be in and out, right? Maddox is going to be in and out. So if because he's going to be playing some sevens, do we really see Beal jumping back to to fill that void and then jumping to ten, or do we see them give a a young ten an actual chance? And as as we were saying a little bit earlier, back them because now's the year that they can do it. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is, will, will the sevens pick him? Yeah. Well, I mean, so how well is he going in sevens is is an interesting question. They, um, I mean, they they said like. It's the finer detail stuff for him, and that the the ability he has once he's got the space to to utilize it was brilliant, and it was that finer detail stuff. So that finer detail stuff will surely come Time from saddle. playing more sevens before the Olympics. So you'd think yeah. they'd be given some chances. Yeah. So that's the feed, the feedback I'm getting is that he's as we all know he's an out and out footballer. Yeah. So he does yeah, those sure. footballer the footballer things better than the sevens boys. But yep. he doesn't play sevens better than the sevens. Yeah, it's really 100%. specific, as, as we all know. Same with McMahon. McMahon, having played sevens, just slotted straight back in. But he had the sevens um, experience already. Yeah. They, they just thought he was outstanding. Like, yeah. not, not quite there physically because he's been off playing 15s in Japan, but he just looked like a sevens player straight away. And Maddox needs to get there. So that yeah. will be interesting. And then that's the thing. That will take time. The sure. great thing there is they, it's not panic stations. My, my biggest question is... Is if it's not Kirtley, do they stick with the development of Mac Mason, or they just throw Will Harrison in straight away? Now, as you said, Harrison excellent on the mm-hmm. weekend and good in the internal trial, right? Yeah. So two bits of quality straight away. Do they just go bang straight away, or do they? He's got to feel sorry for Mac Mason if, yeah. if he's waited all this time, yeah. been given zero opportunity to succeed in what they asked of him, and then doesn't get the shot when he's been patient. Yeah. But it's a tough school, pro footy. You'd think that, I mean, if you've got those two guys fighting for that um, 10 position, you can give one of them 60 minutes, the other guy 20 minutes, and at least you, you're actually giving them some time. If you've got Beal there, 
Beal's going to play bulk minutes. So these guys aren't going to really get worked into that game unless we then shift him to 12 or shift him to 15. And the game, the side's going to look very different at that point as well. So maybe moving forward, if we want these young guys to get a chance, they have to be 10. And they, they one of them's going to get more minutes and one of them's just going to get some time off the bench. Yeah, so we'll come down to how brave the coaching staff is. And as I mentioned, this is Penny's yeah. sort of free pass year. If he's yeah. ever going to do this, this is the year to do it. Mm. But why go and get Maddox then is the question. Yeah. Well, because he's good. So why, not, why wouldn't we just let Maddox play sevens this year mm. and then go to, go to the Tars next year? Yeah. He's, he's an like, excellent, what? you know, for all the talk about him playing 10 and 15, he's still an excellent winger as well. You know, the competition there is is not as yeah deep as some of the other clubs, so maybe it's as simple as that. Yeah, well, that'll be interesting because I, I doubt he's come from Melbourne to Sydney to play on the wing. Absolutely. To, which yeah. is, you know, you, you play where you got to play for your team, all that sort of stuff. But that's it's really, it's really interesting machinations in who plays where there. Um, and also the Maddox thing would, could often be also, oh, I'm going to play sevens, but I don't want to miss the Wallaby, so I've got to play super two. Yeah. So there's a bit of that there. So what all the machinations happening behind closed doors with, with Scott Johnson trying to negotiate this deal between all the states and how that all worked. And it looked like the Tars did pretty well. They they got him for the promise of maybe helping the Rebels down the track with something as opposed to getting <laughs> solid. So it was interesting wording I saw when, when that came out. But um, that I would have thought that the reason they get Maddox is that they weren't convinced about these young 10s so that they could play Kirtley 10 and Maddox 15. Yeah. But, you know, since then, we've had some pretty good feedback on what, what these young 10s can do as well. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, funnily enough, Mac Mason gets a first crack because not that they almost owe him, but just, here, right, mate, here's your opportunity, here's a month. What do you got? Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, – I'll probably pose more questions than answered any, but that's the, the way things are bouncing around in my head. And, the, you know, the footballer I really rate too in the wider training squad – is, is Benny Donaldson? I think he's mm, he's as good as Harrison. What what his what his best position could be ten as well. We don't know because they always play together. Harrison always plays ten. We just don't know how good Ben Donaldson can be in different positions. I think he's an outstanding footballer as well. Yeah, for sure. I think look, um, yeah, you're right. It is it's a real difficult one, and and a how where Bill ends up will pretty much determine the rest of the back line. In in kind of finishing that up. Do you think there's any chance we see him play 12 at all, or or do you think that that's pretty much a, a lock for Carmichael Hunt? Hunt could uh, play 13. I, I mean, yeah, Hunt could play 13, but sure. I just I just thought I'd throw that in the equation. You know, I mean, Beal's played a lot of 12, obviously for the Wallabies. That way, he's sort of nurturing that 10 yeah. and can sort of step in and take that role too. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 the salient point. That's the excellent point there. That if you're going to play the young 10, and Maddox is there, well, it's not a bad idea to put Kirtley at 12. Carmichael can play 13. What do they want to do with the Clarks and the Newsoms? That they've experimented with both of them under yeah. Daryl Gibson at 13. They're probably both out and out wingers. Um, you got Tepo Moroa there. He's coming. Yeah. Obviously, he's, he's not. He's rushing. a project. Well, that's the thing. He's yeah. a project, so he can be patient there. But if I'm say I'm picking Will Harrison, I'd have to be very tempted to pick Beal. Yeah. At yep. 12. So it's, it's interesting, Nick. Although then you, the other thing about that is you just put a massive target down your defensive channel. Whereas you put calm, <laughs> like, well, that's, the, you know, that's the truth. It's whether it's whether it's going to miss or not. It's not even the question. They're going to be passive tackles down there. Uh, yeah. Where you put Carmichael there, then it's less attractive. So yeah. so maybe even having Carmichael there is even better for him. So there's, there's, there's those things that they need to worry about at the selection table. 
Yeah, you know, I think we can all agree that Carmichael's fullback days are probably behind him. Um, the thing, the thing we're worried about with Carmichael. So we think he'll definitely be playing twelve or thirteen. But uh, the way he plays, just absolutely throws himself into everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's going to get injured, and in, you know, it's just how, how many weeks until it happens, really. But um, you're right, he's he's that defensive, I guess, shorty. He's a know, brick wall. Yeah. Um, that they could need. Um, so I guess yeah, if we're if if Tepai is a bit of a project, we're probably looking at. Potentially, yeah, for Keddie's, obviously that other, he's, he's probably got dibs on that other jersey then for 13 if Carmichael's not there. Um, yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing. Do you think Beal 12 and, and Carmichael 13 is better than Carmichael 12 and Lalakai for Keddie 13? So when, you, when you're sort of measuring midfields against each other, what's better? If it still yeah. means Maddox at fullback and you've still got the 10, whoever the 10 is that you want, uh, that's not bad in terms of balance in a midfield as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, look, I think one guy we've just been frothing on, with maybe a bit <laughs> over over the top, but Mark nah. Nwingi Um he, like, he really has shown in a small amount of time, because he had a pretty rapid rise into that Aussie 20 squad, because as far as we know, he was going to go play under 20s minor 10 cup at one point, and then he got pulled into the, the under 20s, and then he's lit that up, and he's done brilliant at the NRC, and then he, he looks the real deal in that trial like and, and willing to throw a ball around which seemed to be something the Tars backline really wanted to do and it looks like and maybe it's something that we're, we're going to see a bit more of and and they had a lot of depth and people supporting each other through there he seems to fill that role as a very raw player mind you yeah well do you reckon we'd be this uh pumped about him if his name was like mark smith do you reckon it's the name <laughs> we're going on we're just we're just, we're just imagining clarky yeah, yelling no, names. Look, I mean, he's a giant. The, the name, the name. I mean, it's, there was Naira Vora, wasn't there? You know, I mean, we yeah. all. Well, how good is he doing overseas now? God, he's a huge loss. Look, all, all reports. He, he jumps higher than Falau. He looks really solid in the air. He he looked just very confident coming in. I, again, yeah, he's, he's a big really, unit. He's, he's got an offload. He's really, got all the skills. Yeah, yeah. He he's Clark. He's a great player. Don't don't get me wrong, but he, he's just coming with this confidence that. I suppose we haven't necessarily seen enough of that from some of the guys on the wing spots other than maybe Naira Voro for a while. Mm. Well, that's what you want to see from young backs. Forwards are a bit different. Ball players are a bit different. But young yeah. outside backs, you want them to come out and just belong and yeah. look like they belong there. And it's it's a lot, a lot much more doable in the outside backs than anywhere else. Um, and he's showing those signs. You, know, you want young players to come out, belong, stamp their authority, chase the ball, yeah. get the ball. Um, and so he's ticking all those boxes. Um, it's a new era for the Tars. It's a new era in Australian rugby. So these guys will get promoted, possibly more now than any other time. Yep. Um, later in a World Cup cycle, they'll get less opportunities. This is this is a little bit of a clean slate moment for the Tars. One because truthfully, they just didn't manage their their list very well. They just they just Definitely. had the top end go out and no middle to their squad. So they by they're being forced to go for youth. The great thing at the moment is, and you know, all of us know that you don't take much notice of trial form, but these individual young players are showing something too, which is great because this is a generation that will get probably more of an opportunity than any generation before or to come straight away just by necessity, yep. especially in Sydney at the yep. Tars. So, um, yeah, no, he's exciting. He's one to watch. The other thing you mentioned, sort of the, the way the Tars were playing, it be interesting this year. So obviously Daryl ran the backs around the attack last year himself. Yep. And I think Chris Whitaker delivered it. This year, Chris Whitaker will, will run attack um, sort of in, in concert with how Rob Penny wants it to be done. So that'll be interesting to see what the, their play looks like, 
how different it is because you mentioned Tangeli, Nairavora, and then there's Izzy as well. Mm. Um, the Waratahs, generally, their their attack the last sort of three years was out the back, out the back, give it to Tangeli or Izzy, they beat three guys and score. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, so that's the harsh truth, the oversimplified version. So and last we year that. Well, last year they went out the back, out the back, and got tackled. <laughs> yeah. well, how many? So think about the try and visualise the footage you remember of Tangeli just yeah. running yeah. down the five metre channel, beating three blokes oh, and scoring. The best, right? Did about fifteen times. So that so they lost something like thirty tries worth of talent last year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with two players like from the year before because they just went out the back, out the back, beat three each score. So yeah. so they failed to adapt to what their cattle is. New coach, uh, new voices, new ideas. I'm interested to see how this Waratah's attacking shape and, and intent and, and ability to score points changes. Yeah, perfect. Look, I think we'll uh, we'll really try and unwrap it. Obviously, really appreciate all your time and all those insights. But um, I guess a final question on on the Australian um, conference teams. Um, what do you think? So we're talking about it's being a new era. There's a lot of new coaches. We've got Dave Rennie, Rob Penny, things like that. Um, with the new Rugby Australia set up, do you think that um, that like they will have much of a say on where where certain Wallabies play in their clubs? So, you know, players that play certain position for the Wallabies, do you think they'll want to see more of them playing in that position rather than, um, than in... Uh, you know where they prefer teams in the Super Rugby teams. This, this is a question from one of our Twitter users at Mitch Evans, big supporter of uh, of the pod. So um, it was a really good question. We thought. Yeah, I hope not because I'd love Dave Rennie just to come in with an open mind and go, look, I'm going to watch. I'm going to see. Yep. You know, I'm going to. This is a talk about new era. All bets are off. Clean slate. Uh, righto, boys. Just go toe to toe for the positions. Yep. There's all these gold jerseys up for grabs. Off you go. Who wants it? Um, so and also, I'd love just to see let the Super Rugby teams play. Let let different coaches with different ideas play players how they'd like to play them, and then maybe in two years' time when Dave Rennie's established where he wants players to play, that's a different conversation. But now coming in clean early, I'd love the, this is a great opportunity just to go right up, off you go guys, do what you do, and I'll make a judgment call and I'll make objective and subjective selection calls on the back of what you do, and we might try and shape a couple of years down the track. So I've got one last question for you, the team that no doubt you've done the most research on because there's so much out there to read, the Sunwolves. Do you have any thoughts on the Sunwolves? There's obviously a lot of young Aussies that have gone across there. Any, any general thoughts on the Sunwolves, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, the, the Sunwolves farewell to her. Um, <laughs> poor buggers. Um, yeah, look, oh, it's good to see the great Jake Schatz back in there. That was a good name yeah, to yeah. see, Schatzy. Um, Alex yeah, Warren as well. Yeah, Dargaville, Ben Teo, Jackson Hope. A few there. There's a few blokes. Ben Teo will be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, look, look they, what have they got? Two-thirds of their That's squad named. They haven't got a full squad yet. So, <laughs> I don't uh, think they have a full squad at all. They're just yeah. hoping to fill out. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, look, it's just hard to see. I'm hoping you, you might play a little bit, you know. Um, <laughs> well, my, my, I never officially retired, I suppose. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I still got Czech's number just in case he ever called. Well, well, you spend a lot of time in Japan. I mean, do you do you want to get back? You, do you want to get back over there again? Or? Uh, well, I've been hanging around at the international airport tonight, trying to see if Dave Rennie wanted to lift home just in case. Isn't it here tonight? You never know. You just, there's, there's many ways of getting picked. Um, look, look the, look, the hard thing will be the mental approach this season for those guys. Um, so, look, they, they, it could be really ugly. 
or it could be a fun year for them if they approach it yeah. that way. How yeah. much how Can't much respect himself. will yeah, how much respect will Joseph and those guys put to it or and how will how will they use it? What they you know, they didn't use the Sunwolves to, to prepare for the World Cup last year. So yeah, they, yeah. yeah, they did it a really different way, which proof proof is that it worked pretty well for them. So look, this could be anything this year. It could just be a almost a buy of five points for any team that plays them. Um yeah. That's it's, the harsh truth. Good. Sadly, that's good for Aussie teams because we need some more wins. But um, yeah, we might get a yeah. couple in there. Yeah, they're they're hard to go into too much depth for. But look, Harry said it was the last question. We've got one last question. Sorry for <laughs> we it. Promise, but, we promise. We um, promise. We've held you for a long time. But final thoughts. What? How do you see the Australian Conference playing out? How do you rank one to five or one to Sunwolves? <laughs> uh, oh, look, probably the Brumbies. Yep. Yep. Um, I just, I just like they're just they the, their messaging and the way they carry themselves is just a bit more settled. Yep. You know they've you know they lost some key players. That's that's true. Not as much as say Rebels and Tars, but they're just a, a settled environment in general. Players that come in that they've historically been very good at slotting players in quickly um, and having those players learn what's needed from them to contribute. Uh, Laurie Fisher. Great foil for yeah, great foil for Dan McKellar, Peter Hewitt, good young coach, just a good settled environment, um, excellent CEO, all those sorts of things make a bit of a difference to the fact that they've still got a core group of quality players. As we and as we went through there, I just sort of you know the one hole is a winger. If that's your only hole, you're going yeah. okay there. And they've got potential. You know, all Wallaby front row gets you through. All those sorts of things, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then I would have thought the Reds, probably because they have to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm only saying because because if they don't at least come second in the Aussie Conference, he should probably be gone. Yeah. yeah. So and then and then that's the other thing. So my issue with them was their attack last year. Uh, they got O'Connor Patea, who they didn't have for much of the year last year. You know, it should be a different looking Reds attack. Lucas another year. Hegarty, you know, another year for McDermott. They, they should they should come second up. I'm not sure I should be saying I think they'll come second, but they should at least come second. Yeah. Uh, and if they don't, then there'll need to be changes at that place. Yep. Uh, Some and then. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Tars has shown enough. Yep. Uh, I thought they'd. I actually was really worried about the Tars this year. Mm. Yeah. Uh, like if you'd have asked me last year, I'd have had them lower. But there's enough. Exactly. I, the issue too, though. The issue too, though, is the Highlanders. I think they're going to have a bad year too. So there's yeah. not a, they, they, they've had the heart ripped out of their place. Oh, sit, sitting um sit, the, 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 converse, the conversations before the uh the pre the preseason trial were very different to the ones after the preseason trial. I yeah, think, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people bought into the hype, but yeah. Well, fourteen nil down early <laughs> didn't change much either. So, but the yeah. tar's enough, and the, look, the rebels are just they could easily just be a team that just finds a way to win tight games, but um. Look, I can I can easily see them coming fourth, uh, and that'll mean that yeah. I don't want it to happen. But the Tars have shown me enough that they can they could probably beat them mm. on the ladder. The Reds, yep. the Reds are the anomaly. They could come anywhere. The Reds, I've got no yeah. idea there. But I've sort of slotted them where I think they should be. Yep. Uh, right. Um, cool. So I'm pretty comfortable with the Brumbies on top. Very good, Morgs. Look, thank you so much for joining us on the pod. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, 
and uh, I think you've offered us, us and our fantasy manager some great insights on um, on the very on the many questions uh, in the Australian Super Rugby Conference this year. It's uh, certainly going to be exciting, and with a, a I guess um, the most changes that we've seen in recent years, anyway. Um, and so, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Once again, thanks for coming on. And sorry we kept you on for so long. No, um, I suppose I waffled on a bit too long. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, we, we enjoyed the waffle, mate. Don't worry. Yeah, mate, yeah, we'll, if you want to, we'll keep you on all night if you want to, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting on my, what is it, 15 gelato. I've had nothing. I've had nothing. I've had nothing so. It's like reading our notes, mate. <laughs> that, that was the next thing to be said. So yeah, right. you're a professional, mate. Yeah, mate, we'll get it sent out. That's it. Yeah, nice. we'll, uh, I think we'll, we'll start making promises that we can't uh, actually keep. So we'll say, look, we'll send the whole Randwick Club uh, team. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't get that far. Yeah, I don't think they or I need it, actually, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, this, is, this is healthy ice cream. We'll put it <laughs> yeah, in. Okay, good. Good. Okay. Uh, Thank, thanks, thanks very much, much Mills. Thanks so thanks, much. Thanks, Jan. It's always good fun to talk rugby. Thanks, boys. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks. thanks. Thanks very much. What you gonna do with that dessert? Do what? Do what? Do that? And that dessert was brought to you by uh, 15 Gelato, back to 15, even though we're thinking maybe 14 or 13, because uh, it's, we're counting down the days that we haven't had it delivered to us. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. It's now late. Um, but no, uh, healthy Gelato, 15 grams of protein, get after it's it. It's good stuff. It yeah, despite what Kagi and Morgan Turunui says, they do deliver. They do. They do deliver. On taste. Yes. yes. <laughs> and the maybe, part- maybe we'll talk about delivering ice cream. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> Smooth, guys. This is good. This is quality podcasting. All right. So anyway, for dessert, look, we, we, we had Morgs on for a good hour and a half, so we kind of um, thought we'd just usher him out the door really quickly instead of going through our... Um, our uh, oh, sorry. Let him, let him go, rather. Um, rather usher than... him out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Can we usher you out the door and get Morgs back? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, no, we, we thought we could Escape go Escape our grasp is what I meant, okay? Um, no. Uh, anyway, so we didn't think we'd, we'd suffer the pain of going through our Australian Conference rankings. Although, to be fair, uh, it probably, you know... All right, let's just move on. So, Australian fair. Conference ratings 2019. It was the Brumbies, Rebels, Waratahs, Reds, and Sunwolves. So, uh, none of us picked the Brums in first. Nelson Craigs, you went Waratahs, Rebels. I went the opposite. Uh, I and then So, Nel- just to be clear, you said the Rebels would be top. Yep. Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, they came second. It wasn't that so, far off. So all of us bought into the hype of the... Um, well, you went the Waratahs who came third, and then I went the Brumbies in... You were equally wrong. ...third place. So did Nels, Kagi at fourth. Basically, we were all very wrong. Oh, Kagi said Brumbies fourth. Mate, you are the worst one here yeah, always. Kagi, Kagi had no Should idea. Should have kept my mouth shut down. Right, 2020, <laughs> though, uh, Kagi, you were terrible last year. Can you oh, no. redeem yourself? Am I worse this year? No, okay. Well, uh, I think uh, it's safe to say, um, and it's not just because I've heard Morgs, I had already written this in, the Brumbies on top. I'm going the safe option. They're just safe as houses. Yeah, I agree. They really are. Um, After that, I'm going to continue to wear my light sky blue coloured glasses and the Waratahs. I completely brought into that pre-season game. Um, (laughs) And that impressed me enough. I was sitting next to Mark... Nunganitawaze. Thank you. Um, I, I, I feel like I just can't say it on the pod. I can say it off the pod. <laughs> you can't, mate. You okay. can't say it off the pod or on. <laughs> All right. I've got Tars in second. I have the Reds in at third place. Um, so, again, um, that's I'm backing them over the Rebels. And then the Rebels in fourth and the Sunwolves in fifth place. The yeah, look, I mean... Sadly, I can't add too much in terms of or change too much in those rankings. Look, I got Brumbies, Tars, Reds, Rebels, Sunwolves. The the thing that differs there with Morgs, Morgs got 
Reds sitting into second above the Tars. Yep. The, the reasons why I don't see that happening is, yes, I think they've got a lot of individual talent, but this team's going to look completely different in the outside backs. They're just so young. Uh, their whole back line, it's completely different. There's there's yeah. no real con- like connection that these guys have, barring the odd couple games. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it's basically uh, just Tate McDermott and Hamish Stewart. <sighs> Maybe no, Isaac Lucas at part. It's yeah, true. so I, mean, all, all I think I'm, it's too much. All I'm thinking, though, is if, if, I, if I was a listener, I'd, I'd probably... Um, Probably go with what Morgan Turanui yeah, same. said uh, over us. But it's right. Harry's got a different prediction for us. Yeah, I went Brumbies, Waratahs, Rebels, Reds. Sorry, Re- Reds, Rebels, as you guys did. But then I went Daylight before the Summers. Ah, oh, yeah, that's different. Oh, it's different. Okay, I see. Right, no, okay, fine. Um, yeah, uh, well, did, I think we were going to say there was almost Daylight between the Rebels in fourth and then Daylight to the Sunwolves again. Or then Moonlight to the Sunwolves? Moon Dog? I don't know. Sunwolves I don't know, mate. But, um, Look, I, I think the the good thing for some of these teams are mm. they're going to get to verse the Sunwolves more. So that's going to push some of these guys up into chances for finals. That is true. That is, that's our one saving grace. So, <laughs> yep. Um, right, boys, it's been a long pod. It has been a long pod. Monumental long pod. One of the best. That's it. But look, we, uh, you know, it's worth waiting for. You know, worth the wait. Um, yeah. And with that, let's uh, let's round out the Australian Conference preview and um, catch you in the next one. See you later. See ya.